0: What
1: were we watching? It's not a tumor. What were we thinking?
0: Oh,
2: but
1: this is a cool podcast,
3: guys. What were we watching? What were we watching? out, Get out, Get out. I'm Mr. White Christmas. Friends call me Eric Ambler. And friends call me Cam Seamer, the Rankin bassist. Welcoming you to the podcast where we look back at the pop culture of our youth through the lens of adulthood. It's not about good or bad, it's about then and now. As we try our best to answer the question,
1: What were we watching? Have a holly jolly episode number 179, everybody! You're listening to the Rankin Bass
3: Rankathon. It's stop-motion season, folks. Hell yeah. We're following up uh, our Nightmare Before Christmas episode with some more stop-motion magic.
1: Yeah, we've handcrafted this episode for you, and we really mean it this time because uh, this isn't a, a spin-off, I guess, of our regular winter wonderthon, where we would take a look at different short clips or TV episodes that had a holiday theme, and instead focusing on... Very famous, very beloved Rankin Bass animated holiday classics.
3: Yes. And there are 19 Christmas or Christmas adjacent Rankin Bass shorts. So the way that I determined, you know, which ones to talk about, because I could only, I could only really wrangle Eric into four. (laughs) I don't think you were going to let me do all 19. (laughs) (laughs) So what I did was I, I went to the internet and I found as many like semi official blogs or websites that ranked all, all the shorts and aggregated all those and averaged out the tops. And the four that we're going to talk about were the top four. I can read off the, the rest of the Rankin-Basses real well, quick. Well, bef-
1: before you do that, I realize we haven't introduced our very special oh, yeah. guest officially. Yeah. He was with us last year for the Santa Claus. And the year before that, at uh, Winter Wonderthon 2018, he's become a holiday tradition in and of himself. We welcome back Mr. Nate Tapp.
0: Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was really waiting for somebody to place the hat on my head.
1: <laughs> What's up, guys? He's alive, we did it, it's magic. Mer-
2: <laughs> Merry Christmas. Or yes. Rankmas, I guess. Merry rankmas. rankmas. <laughs> Merry
1: Tapmas. that's what this holiday should be. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Well, we're glad you are back for your your eighth go-around, and you had just joined us in Oz, so welcome to this new fantasy world of elemental wizards and (laughs) fantastical beings. There's
2: no
3: place like home for the holidays. (laughs) Yeah, Brian was on that episode, and he already got a a, a bracket episode earlier, so we thought it'd be fair to give you a a similar style episode where we, we just... Rank a bunch of things. You know, in, in many ways,
2: I feel like Brian and I are one and the same, so.
1: It's, that's <laughs> true and also false, so.
3: It's hot and cold. What are you going to do? It's a duality <laughs> of the holiday. Fun fact, Eric and I were the best men at those respective weddings. Ooh. There's a lot of mirroring going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. yeah.
2: Cam, tell us about these
3: Rankin-Basses. Yeah, we're going to talk about the top four, but the, the rest of the 15 that we're not going to talk about. I actually watched them all. I, f- I filled in all the gaps in my Rankin-Bass history. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you my ranking of the rest of them real quick. Starting with number 19, The Cricket on the Hearth. Just shoddy animation. Story didn't really do much for me. Uh, but mostly like the animation was kind of just lame. Uh, drummer, Little Drummer Boy Book 2, number 18. Boring. Number 17, The First Christmas. The Story of the First Christmas Snow. <laughs> <laughs> another kind of just boring church setting <laughs> it's like terrible title um, it's not like Je- <laughs> Jesus isn't like making snow angels or something like this <laughs> it's about a blind kid that learns to see I don't know number 16 Santa baby exclamation point uh, it's just a little too modern for my tastes number 15 little drummer boy I appreciate the biblical setting there that's kind of a cool like Middle Eastern setting uh, same with number 14 Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey. Also goes back to the birth of Jesus, but has a fun, wacky animal <laughs> protagonist. That's what the Bible <laughs> is. Why gets the edge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what the Bible was missing. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Tw- Twas the Night Before Christmas. That one's okay. Uh, it's about a mouse and, you know, follows the poem kind of roughly. Then we have number 12, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, which isn't really Christmas. It's more of a New Year's thing, but, and there's some cool world building in terms of like new year's mythology (laughs) but i also feel like it doesn't follow its own world building rules so that's why it kind of is lower on the list for me number 11 pinocchio's christmas solid number 10 rudolph and frosty's christmas in july which is like end game for this rankin bass universe it's got (laughs) rudolph frosty frosty's family the clauses, it's like everybody. But it loses points because it's set in July, so it's not that Christmassy. That's my criteria. <laughs> um, number nine, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which is real wacky. Uh, it's an L. Frank Baum, speaking of Oz, story. Ooh. And it's very high fantasy. It's, like, barely Christmassy, but it's so weird and mythical that it's kind of cool. Awesome. Number eight, Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. I just like the idea of leprechauns being involved in Christmas. Also awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Frosty's Winter Wonderland. That's that's pretty much like a straight sequel to Frosty, uh, and that's where he finds his wife, Crystal. And then it's number six, Jack Frost. Some real cool world building there. Also not that Christmassy. It does have a Christmas song, but that's more of a Groundhog Day movie. <laughs> Mind blowing. Wow. Um, and the villain's really fun. He's like a this like Russian guy that has talks to like steampunk. Uh, And then number five, just out of the list, The Stingiest Man in Town, which is a 2D animation Christmas Carol with uh, Walter Matthau as Scrooge. And it's pretty great. I just love Christmas Carol. So it's a decent rendition of that story. And that brings us to the final four, which are in release order Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and The Year Without a Santa Claus.
1: Chosen uh, very carefully by cam when i yes indeed put the kibosh on doing all the <laughs> even just the christmas special like nah i can't i can't do it
3: 19 is way too much well, maybe yeah, like an, is... eight, an eight an eight movie bracket but they, these are kind of long a lot of them are 50 minutes right yeah so it's, they're kind of like it's it's a lot of content it would have been like, like six
1: hours it's six. a lot to prepare for but like you know it's definitely got a really extensive universe and a lot of narrative possibilities. And I can see how, you know, the style too is very endearing to a lot of people. I, I didn't grow up watching these full disclosure. So all of Any this, of them?
3: Was there like one of them? I think f- when watch? I
1: watched Frosty, some of that rang a bell, but that was it.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: How about you,
2: Nate? So we, I feel like they were on CBS all the time. Like every year I may be making that up, but... In our household, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was like a yearly thing. And all the other ones definitely popped up uh, occasionally and and multiple times throughout our childhood, but Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was always the mainstay. We'll
3: see how it fares against those others. Yeah, I grew up with most of these. Rudolph and Frosty especially were, I think, ones that even my parents saw as kids. At least my dad. He quotes them a lot around Christmas time and i was always a big fan of santa claus is coming to town and i think year without a santa claus is the one i was least familiar with going into this even though i know i know like songs from it because famously in batman and robin <laughs> mr freeze forces his henchmen to sing the snow miser song <laughs> <laughs> so I, kn- I knew like pieces of it but i wasn't sure if i'd ever seen it all the way through until now
1: and now the cycle is complete truly complete in your yeah. case cam you could you could write a book you could be the ranking rankin bass expert
2: the ranking rankin bass boss
1: yeah (laughs) just toss in like the last unicorn and the hobbit and you know you got all your bases covered
3: i gotta see like easter bunnies coming to town and And you did almost there you did watch return to (laughs) oz didn't you yeah the original (laughs) original the rankin bass Uh, return to oz that was the first rankin bass special ever i think or at least short Thing.
1: guys i'm going cross-eyed this is too much
3: yeah there's <laughs> a lot of
1: the streams are are converging <laughs> the end of the podcast is nigh too
3: much mythology all right let's rein it in well, yeah we got to rank these before it gets too let's late let's get ranking. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: before we can do yes. that though we got to remind people what happened in these four classic christmas specials so cam why don't you hit us with that rankin bass four-way recap spoilers
3: Are you just going to sing the songs? (laughs) (laughs) Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, had a very shiny nose. No. (laughs) Uh, Rudolph, son of Donner, this is news to me, uh, is born with a defect, a red nose that glows. He's treated like a misfit, much like the elf Hermie, who wants to be not a toy maker, but a dentist. They run away together, joined by prospector Yukon Cornelius, battle an abominable snow monster, travel to the island of misfit toys, where they stay until Rudolph grows up and decides to return home. He learns that his parents and his friend Clarice have been out looking for him, so he goes to find them. They're in danger of being eaten by the snow monster. And then we see Hermie and Yukon return. And Hermie uses his dentist skills to pull the monster's teeth and render him harmless. The heroes then return to the North Pole in time for Rudolph to help Santa navigate the, the Christmas Eve snowstorm with his shiny nose. Yippee. And then he's a part of the team from then on. So that's Rudolph. And in Frosty, some kids build a snowman, name him Frosty. Nearby, the bumbling magician Professor Hinkle throws away his top hat in frustration, which finds its way to the children. They put it on Frosty, and he magically comes to life. Hinkle finds the children with his hat and demands to have it back, but they argue it belongs to Frosty now. They go around the town having fun uh, until Frosty senses the temperature going up. One of the kids, Karen, hops aboard a train with Frosty to the North Pole where he'll never melt, only to learn that Professor Hinkle has followed them. They escape out into the snow to lose him, but Karen begins to freeze in the cold. They find a greenhouse full of poinsettias. Frosty takes her inside to keep her warm, even though it makes him melt. Karen wakes up heartbroken that Frosty is all melted, but she's visited by Santa Claus, who reassures her that because Frosty was made of Christmas snow, he'll always be able to come back and demonstrates by magically bringing him back to life. Santa tells off the professor, professor hinkle for trying to steal the hat and everyone celebrates frosty's return and then we have santa claus is coming to town a baby with the name tag claus is dropped on the doorstep of the evil Burgermeister meister, meister Burger of somber town who sends the child away to the orphanage only for the baby to be swept away by the wind he's brought to a family of elves the kringles who raise him with the name chris teaching him the art of toy making and he also grows up learning different skills from the animals uh, like how to jump really high and climb and be slippery like a seal. And when he's an adult, Chris volunteers to deliver gifts to Sombertown, but learns that Meisterberger has banned all toys. So Chris comes up with several ways to evade Meisterberger's forces and deliver gifts in secret by entering houses through chimneys at nighttime, etc. We see the start of many Santa Claus traditions. He also befriends several folks like Topper the Penguin, the elemental sorcerer, the winter warlock, who is at first grumpy, but then he kind of turns to be a good guy. And the Sombertown schoolteacher, Miss Jessica, who he eventually marries, she becomes Mrs. Claus. Deemed an outlaw by Meisterberger, Chris leaves with Jessica to make their home in a castle at the North Pole, returning to deliver presents to Sombertown every Christmas and to the world every Christmas under the name Santa Claus. And that's that movie. Finally, we have the year without a Santa Claus. In this one, Santa Claus catches the cold and decides to sit Christmas out this year Since kids don't really believe in Santa Claus anymore anyways, Mrs. Claus intervenes to try and prove him wrong, hiring two elves, Jingle and Jangle, to go investigate, along with the reindeer Vixen. The three of them are shot down by two quarreling deities of nature, the Miser Brothers, Snow Miser and Heat Miser. The elves land in Southtown, USA, where Vixen is mistaken for a dog and impounded. The elves explain their situation to the mayor, who laughs them out of his office. He agrees to free Vixen if these elves, quote-unquote, can make it snow in Southtown for Christmas, which it never does. Jingle and Jangle call Mrs. Claus to come get them. Meanwhile, Santa realizes Vixen is missing and heads to Southtown undercover to retrieve her. He meets a kid who's at first skeptical about Santa Claus, but comes to believe and decides to help Mrs. Claus and the elves in their quest. They first go to Snow Miser to see if he can make it snow in Southtown, but that falls under the jurisdiction of his brother, Heat Miser's territory. So they go and ask him to let it snow for just one day, but he refuses unless he can take over the North Pole, which they're not going to let happen. So Mrs. Claus travels to their mother, Mother Nature, who forces the brothers to make up and compromise. It snows in Southtown. Santa Claus rec- receives letters from all over the world about how blue Christmas would be without him. So he decides to suit up and deliver presents after all. And that was almost the year without a Santa Claus. And that's those are our four specials. And so the idea of this Rankin Bass Rankathon, the format of this episode, is we're going to attack these specials from a lot of different criteria. We're going to rank them through a lot of different lenses. And since we just recapped, why don't we all rank the story element of these four specials how do you guys feel about and without going into like specific individual characters because that'll come later what do you guys think about the writing of these these four the plotting the jokes what do you guys think
2: uh one of my favorite parts about this was that and this really mostly happened with rudolph and frosty uh actually even uh santa claus is coming to town when whole lines from the script and pieces of dialogue were just like lyrics from the songs (laughs) And it was like, especially Rudolph, it's like, I feel like the entire song is broken up throughout the plot. Yeah. I just found that kind of funny. And it's like, they're just like knowingly. Or like, one of my favorite parts is when Mickey Rooney Santa Claus is like, you know, is making a list. And they're like, yeah, checking it twice. I always just found that really. Funny and silly. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I like when he's talking to the kids like you better not pout and you better not cry. And they're like, why? I'm telling you why. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, angry. I'm telling you why, kids. I'm telling you why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so from like a yeah, from a writing aspect, I loved that just sort of like let's take these songs and just expand them in between each line and in between each yeah. lyric and add more.
1: <laughs> let's take some of this literally and then let's just totally fabricate some nonsense for the rest. <laughs> it's really creative actually. And yeah. I have to say my favorite story-wise was Santa Claus is Coming to Town because it's mm. a surprisingly satisfying origin story. Like they just kind of answer all the questions you might have about Santa Claus in a very clever way.
3: Yeah, I've always loved that element of it. I do think though seeing it this time around, I feel like it it talks down a little bit. It's like a little too on the nose and it's for kids, you know. So it's like, there's a moment where he asks Miss Jessica to marry him, and then there's, like, a little girl who's like, oh, that's who Mrs. Santa Claus is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it does that a couple times where it's just, like, really just, like, hammers you over the head with <laughs> the origin of this one thing. Also, like, are those
2: children's voices just, like, the letters that are
1: talking to the mailman? That's the sense I got. Like, he's like, I know you got questions at the very beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's very... Uh, I don't know if I call that condescending. It's just direct. It is for children. Mm -hmm. And it's being like, just don't miss this, you know, to the youngest viewers, which, who are the population that tends to believe in Santa Claus anyway. Unless you guys still believe. I shouldn't be referring to him that way, (laughs) if you guys still believe.
3: Uh, what?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I mean, if, if if we're calling... Like, that may be a condescending type thing. I mean, I think that all of them do that, right? Like, even Rudolph, right? It's like, oh, you're not going to play any reindeer games, Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, I know
3: that line. Rudolph makes me laugh a lot. Like, I feel like as kind of basic as it is, it, there, there's some really kind of sly humor. Yeah. I do think, we haven't really talked about Year Without a Santa Claus. I think that one is pretty sophisticated in the writing department. I think that one has the most jokes that I laughed at.
1: It's definitely got interesting ideas. I just didn't like it <laughs> I, <laughs> I just didn't like come that on story. It's, I, I it's just so, I, yeah. I didn't like the story. there are other things about that that mm. I love, but like the story to me was not not doing it.
2: It's the story yeah. of the most like jolly man in the world having like an existential crisis and like a depressive episode yeah. uh, he just gets so sad that he's
1: like, I can't be Santa Claus <laughs> yeah that really pissed me off like you're Santa buck up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that uh, terrible doctor who turns him into, like, a oh, yeah. doom-scrolling boomer. And just, why, yeah. why do we need that in our holiday specials?
2: The doctor who's, like, not an elf, by the way? Like, the dude did not have pointy ears. Is he just, like, on
3: loan to the North Pole? He, uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why he so so yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. The, po- the pointiness of ears is kind of inconsistent in these movies. Like, Hermie the elf doesn't have pointy ears, even though the rest of the elves in that movie do the kringles don't have pointy ears in santa claus is coming to town it's too inconsistent yeah. for me i would have liked some some more pointy
1: ears across the board just to throw a bone to frosty too i mean that that's the one i actually find most moving probably because that's mm. the one i i think i ha- have seen before mm. yeah when i was very young and how his so Frosty's sacrifice just means so much and that's the, this is a shorter one as well so it's like really just focused right. on you meet this big lug and then all of a sudden he's gone and yeah what yeah. are we gonna do
2: i thought you meant by most moving like that plot just like just moves <laughs> ahead it just moves along man it's like it doesn't yeah. stop they get on that train and and head right on up to the north pole
3: i don't know what do you guys think do you are you ready to rank definitively so i feel like we should follow an order for this one i have nate going first so nate if you're ready Ooh, ready to rank. All right, um I'm going to go from uh 4th
2: to 1st. Uh mm-hmm. let's say my number 4 plot is going to be Year Without a Santa Claus. Um mm-hmm. my number 3 is going to be Ooh, Frosty the Snowman. My number 2 is Ooh, let's go Santa Claus and my number 1 is going to be Rudolph. That might be nostalgia talking. I love that it's just, uh, it's the story of misfits Mm -hmm. finding their place in the world. I mean, I think truthfully, Santa is kind of a dick in that movie and he's just kind of (laughs) like, he's just like, once he finds out Rudolph has a red nose, he's like, oh, Donner, he was so promising too. Like, I love just like that sort of like you know, you have these misfits. You have Rudolph. You have Hermie. You have the Bumble, who's almost a misfit in his way. The island of misfit toys, just like the story of misfits finding their place in
3: this world in this universe. I really love. I do like the diversity of Rudolph and how like they go to different worlds and we see like and different types of sidekicks of different species and like yeah, I think it's it's really strong. What's the name of the the king of Misfit Toy Island? Moonracer, King Moonracer. <laughs> like I've got so many like questions
2: about lion. King Moonracer. Like yeah. he's not a misfit toy, he's like a legit flying lion. <laughs> a flying lion king who's like in charge of these misfit
3: toys. I want to know everything about that guy. I want to see a spin-off. Uh, speaking of Lion King, I kind of like that element of Rudolph where he like basically grows up you know saying hakuna matata on the island of misfit toys and then he comes back Totally. That's very simba to me like totally. <laughs> i appreciated that this time around yeah love rudolph eric how about you are you ready to rank
1: i'm ready to rank bottom starting with the bottom is the year without a santa claus too mm-hmm. sad and really manipulative at the end like the way that <laughs> this problem is resolved is you make lots of kids feel guilty you guilt them into working and feeling sad and then that massage is Santa's ego, and I did not care for that. <laughs> Number three, even though I, I like it a lot, is Frosty, just because there's less there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what is there is pretty good. And two, I got to go uh, with Rudolph. It did make me laugh the most out of any of these, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate the variety that you guys are talking about. But My number one, the Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I just, I think nice. it ties everything together so neatly. And for a children's TV Christmas special, I just think that's amazing.
3: I, I can't argue with that. I, I've always loved it. <sighs> all right, this is hard. I feel like all these rankings are very hard for me because I, I just love them all so much. But I'm going to give Frosty the last place just because it just feels a little too slight for me. I, I agree with that it's very moving. I don't know i just i guess i want more substance and maybe just more plot and more more going on i love santa claus but i'm gonna give it three because like i said i kind of feel like it talks it down a little bit too much uh when it doesn't have to i like rudolph for the diversity for number two but i'm gonna throw a bone to year without a santa claus because i just i love the jokes i feel like it's kind of the most like knowing and like sophisticated an adult that comes with a more like cynical Santa perhaps but <laughs> to me it's really funny and we'll talk more about characters later but uh... fair enough
1: yeah that makes sense I I think the um the ending of Santa Claus is coming to town kind of has the response to that cynicism I think it handles that a lot better than you're without a Santa Claus just like saying well you know all these things may be true you know, like this Christmas is overwhelming and Christmas it, it doesn't mean that other people aren't suffering but isn't it nice just to believe in santa claus and have a little bit of joy in your life it yeah. takes a positive spin instead of like oh look how sad everyone is if we don't <laughs> believe <in> santa- <laughs> you better <laughs> believe in santa claus yeah you better
2: believe. <laughs> i mean i know I've, ooh, we're gonna we're we'll probably talk about this later in the soundtrack but yeah the manipulative nature totally comes around in that kitchen scene in that poor kid's house <laughs> 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 but we'll talk about that later yeah
3: yes but in the meantime our our average ranking if we combine all three of our rankings for the story our collective ranking number four frosty number three year without a santa claus number two santa claus is coming to town number one is rudolph so rudolph starting strong <laughs> i'm right.
0: cute
3: says rudolph yeah. <laughs> uh, says you uh, i am too <laughs> all right so our next category is going to be aesthetic so let's let's think about just the, the overall aesthetic of all these movies uh we should note that frosty is traditional 2D animation, whereas everything else is stop-motion, so we can take that into account. But what do you guys think of the aesthetic of these four films? Which ones appeal to you, which ones appeal to you less?
2: I'm a fan of the stop-motion more so than the animation. I found myself while watching Frosty, kind of just wishing that it was stop-motion. I would love to see a stop-motion Frosty, which you do... In the sequel, yeah, Christmas in July. Christmas in July, <laughs> um, and he uh, looks pretty it's, awesome. It's great, <laughs> he kicks ass.
3: I do like this. I do like the two D here, though. I feel like it's real clean. It's, I it feels ahead of its time. I agree. For being, you know, sixty nine, I feel like it's. It looks pretty damn good.
1: I almost had to like stop watching it and double check to make sure it was the correct Frosty the Snowman because I'm like, this yeah. does not look that like. It's, it almost looks like a flash animation, and I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it is that smooth and bright. And the designs of stuff like uh Frosty is iconic and hocus Pocus the rabbit I think would be s- oh, yeah. something completely different in stop motion you couldn't pull it off the same way true, true, but i mean there's there's such charm to that stop motion style. It's probably the biggest reason in my opinion that these specials have endured i don't know it's it's just so warm and nostalgic, and they look like toy little toys and what yeah. better way to you know get filled with the christmas feeling than having all these toys come to life and reenact mm-hmm. christmas scenes
2: yeah i, lo- I mean even even the i think you, you, they're totally warm right and they're even like so fuzzy uh, especially in, in rudolph the red-nosed reindeer they're all just these little like fuzzy plushes and they've like
3: i don't know they just seem like they would be fun to play with and i really dig that if i if i were to knock one even though it's the most recent one, I feel like Year Without a Santa Claus, like there are stretches where it's just not Christmassy enough for me. Like, you know, you have Southtown, which is a sunny town that where it doesn't snow. Uh, so already, you know, that's not very Christmassy looking. I don't like Mother Nature's design at all. <laughs> I think she's not a very appealing... Just, a, just <laughs> she's an just, old lady gardener. Yeah, just a With woman. With a huge, like, long nose. When her children are so, like, awesomely designed. Yeah. Oh, and I love I love their domains, especially Heatmiser's got a cool like hellish <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> uh, that's cool, and I love I gotta say I love Santa's summertime outfit or Southtown gigs. <laughs> totally, <laughs> I, I really love that outfit on Santa. <laughs> <laughs> his, his hat is freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a bowler hat. Um, but yeah, and then Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, you know, a lot of it's like kind of period piece you got like an old sort of i don't know medieval is it medieval when would you date <laughs> it's it that seems movie? more um, like you know
1: late 19th century early 20th yeah it's yeah. it's industrial do enjoy area. that concept of like the anti christmas is this joyless prussian military barracks <laughs> you know this like yeah. like an army outpost almost it's yeah. so somber and and bleak
2: if we're talking about aesthetics uh in uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Jessica's little, like, 70s acid dream solo is <laughs> oh, freaking yeah. amazing. Yeah,
3: that's crazy. <laughs> that's, like, that's kind of a little bit more Frosty in tone. Yeah. Because <laughs> Frosty has those, like, psychedelic colors at times. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as, like, set
2: pieces, I feel like they all do a really good job with set. Um, I will say Rudolph often feels like it was all just done on the exact same, like, you know eight foot by eight foot set with like the same little mountains in the background and and there's like a chase <laughs> in The best way though in the best way <laughs> <laughs> like they do good they use it pretty well right and there's like the chase scenes are going through there but it's just it's all lots of it is just kind of the snowy tundra whereas we get a lot of cooler kind of set pieces elsewhere um mm. so i kind of appreciate the aesthetic of yeah. of that
3: I kind of like the simplicity of Rudolph though. It's like the quaintest. And like we mentioned the story, it's very diverse in story, but it's also very diverse visually. We see a lot of different types of creatures and uh I don't know. I love those trees. I love I love those rolling snowy hills. Sam the snowman. Like there's just a lot to appreciate. Like I feel like I could remove any frame of Rudolph and like frame it on the wall <laughs> and it'd be great.
1: I think also the the leveling up of the technical aspects is very apparent, and like by the time you get to *Year Without a Santa Claus*, there's all these cool camera moves, and you know, <laughs> like how they do that sort of moments when like the camera is moving and the stop motion is also, characters are also still moving. It's like wow, that's got to be tough to pull off.
2: What was the year difference between Rudolph and *Year Without a Santa Claus*? Ten years. So it goes.
3: Uh, Rudolph is sixty-four, Frosty is sixty-nine, Santa Claus seventy year without a santa claus is 74 yeah so 64 to 74 yeah it
1: shows so they yeah they they get more and more skilled at using this animagic process as the years go by mm-hmm.
3: totally are we ready to rank eric you can go first
1: uh four i have to go with frosty even though i i still like it it's just a different animal i guess maybe if we were comparing it to more 2d animated ones it would rank higher but mm. it's rank and bass baby and that just means stop motion <laughs> to me so Frosty's four rudolph is three just because it is a little jank it is a little like the (laughs) earliest version which has its own charm i agree second is santa claus is coming to town Mm. and first is yours out of santa claus just
3: you like that that level up yeah
1: man give me that modern (laughs) mastery and all like the different environments the different characters like i don't fault them for making it a little less Christmassy because i'm sure they're tired of just filming everything against the snowy white backdrop All the time,
3: sure, and and it is fun to see them branch out with the with the mythology. You know, going into Mother Nature's territory and towns that the misers, the misers, it's great. But for the reasons I, I said, I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of my least favorite. I, I just want it to be, I don't want it to feel more Christmassy. And actually, I'm just going to go release order. Uh, I think Rudolph is the best. And then I, I like Frosty. I, I think it's real nice animation. And it's just a little more cheery than the Somber Town tones of Santa Claus. And then Year Without is my last, just because I needed to be more Christmassy
2: uh okay uh i'm gonna stand with eric for a little bit here uh frosty is gonna be my number four like eric said rankin and bass man i need i want my stop motion animation i get that uh my number three is also gonna be rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh jankin and bass that all jankiness to it i think is 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 important (laughs) there jank
3: is what's good i love the jank (laughs) i I mean i
2: appreciate i appreciate jank (laughs) but right now uh I'm gonna say Jank you, but now uh, <laughs> uh, my number Jenks, but no Janks. Oh. My number two Thanksgiving is my, over, guys. Come on, it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, my number two uh, is going to be year without a Santa Claus. Here, I dig it. I love the locales. I love uh, the the colorfulness of it all. Um, I really enjoy that. But there's just something about Santa Claus is coming to town. It feels like that quarter, sort of like traditional Dickensian uh, sooty, you know, orphan children Santa story, Christmas story that I desire and I just want so much. And I love that. I think it, they do a
3: great job with that. <laughs> nice. All right. So we have our next batch of rankings for the aesthetic. Uh, last place is Frosty. Tide is Year Without a Santa Claus and Rudolph. First place is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Ooh, Better watch out. Don't
1: tell me what to do.
3: <laughs> Moving on. Title song. and the, Now, this is not the soundtrack in general. This is just the title song that the movies are based on. Uh, and you can even remove them from the movie themselves. Like, what do you guys think of this song? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And then Year Without a Santa Claus, I feel like, is the, the odd one out. Because as far as I'm concerned, it was written for this movie. It's based on a book, we should say. Yeah.
2: Whereas the other um, three are I kind of I based, think off, a song before. based off the songs or based off the song titles, the other three. Yeah.
3: So you guys all know these songs. You know Wait, Rudolph Frosty
1: and Where is he going?
3: <laughs> I feel like you're without a Santa Claus because it's like more original, less time tested. It's just not as sticky yeah. in my memory. So the other three get an easy leg up. Agreed. Uh, as far as the other three go...
2: I mean, Rudolph and Frosty are both absolute classics. Um, you know, I've been singing those for a very, very long time um, <laughs> since like elementary school recital performances. Like those are just you know, that's that's kind of how they roll. And Santa Claus is coming to town though is, is it isn't quite as quote unquote kid friendly
3: as the other two, but mm-hmm. uh, a classic in its own right, an amazing song. I like that one in the movie Elf. That's like the song that like gets everyone to get back into the Christmas spirit. That makes sense because I feel like Santa Claus coming to town is the most exciting part of Christmas. It's exciting. Secular Christmas. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's what you anticipate. It's what the whole. It's the reason for the season. Some might say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're I mean, my Santa. child,
2: my you know, my three and a half year old is already talking about santa claus coming to town this is like the first year where i feel like he's actually legitimately excited about this and has
1: he said a single word about jesus i think not
2: (laughs) (laughs) we actually have a little like nativity scene sitting on our table and he often like during dinner is playing little scenes with uh jesus and the angels, or as he calls them, the flying guys, <laughs> uh, and they're all freaking hilarious, man. They're the they're the funniest, still so non biblical scenes you've ever seen in your life.
1: Yeah, I'm, pic- I'm picturing a lot of Avengers style adventures.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, can I ask you guys a question about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? So you know that like that song kind of developed i feel like at least when i was singing it as a kid sort of like that call and response style right the background vocals the background
3: vocals yes i was gonna bring this up too (laughs) i'm just curious (laughs) to
2: know like what your background vocals
3: are i feel like most of them are pretty similar Mm -hmm. why don't you sing it for us and then we'll do the background (laughs) vocals? okay we know okay
2: i'll I'll also sing mine as well rudolph the red nose reindeer reindeer yeah i said had a very shiny
3: nose like a light bulb. bulb Like a light bulb, yeah. (laughs) uh,
2: And if you ever saw it, saw it, you would even say it glows like a flashlight. Like a flashlight, yeah. We just said like a light
1: bulb bulb again. We were not creative.
2: Oh, Uh, all of the other reindeer reindeer. Reindeer. you used to laugh and call him names like like Pinocchio Pinocchio.
3: like Pinocchio
2: (laughs) they never let poor Rudolph Rudolph Rudolph, Rudolph. join in any reindeer games like Monopoly like like Monopoly Monopoly. (laughs) wow damn this is like all very similar (laughs) then one
3: foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say ho 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 I feel like that was lesser known but (laughs) I remember distinctly my brother made up his own and introduced me to that. So it was, Santa came to say, in his underwear. <laughs> oh, I've definitely heard that one, too, in the past. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he made it That's up. That's an older brother did right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I guess we brewed off with your nose so bright. Won't you guide our sleigh to a the night? Then how the reindeer loved him. Loved him. Well, I loved yeah. him. As I shouted out with glee.
3: Yippee. 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 Yeah. yeah quote Anakin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Reindeer, Reindeer. You'll go down in history, like like John Elway. John Elway. John Elway. <laughs> Ooh, that's very that's very regional.
3: <laughs> that was a, that was our regional regional bit. Okay, so we all said the same thing. So mine was like George Washington at the end. Yeah. What was yours, Eric? Like George Washington you know
2: that was one um and then i think as soon as the broncos started winning the super bowl uh john elway started being peppered in through our school and that just stuck forever
1: it's like south park yeah
2: all right well that answers that question thanks guys
1: this is this is good like forensic anthropology we're doing here yeah i'm I'm no burl ives you're close though let's be fair
2: what you've never seen a talking snowman before
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that was a little seinfeld but that's okay (laughs) (laughs)
3: all right i'm gonna i'm gonna just go ahead and rank so my number four year without a santa claus just just not as memorable uh i feel like rudolph maybe is just a little little too simple a little too kiddish for for my taste so number three uh, i feel like yeah santa claus very exciting i like santa claus for number two but for some reason i feel like just frosty is so simple quaint magical but in a way that like anyone can experience like anyone can build a snowman mm-hmm. anyone can have like their snowman come to life and i like that element of frosty and i don't know the, the hook is so good uh, my favorite rendition is by fiona apple she does a real good real good frosty the snowman recommended thumpity thump thump <laughs> is that part of the original song or is that something that this movie added with because of the rabbit i remember thumpity thumps I'm, but i don't yeah, know yeah i've only ever why. heard
1: of a thumpity thump i but i couldn't tell you being yeah. born after 1969 if <laughs> that existed <Yeah>. beforehand
2: <laughs> well i'm gonna go ahead and rank uh yeah number four is gonna be year without a santa claus um, no shade,
3: it's just not a song I know or remember. It is fun because I feel like it's kind of like cheeky where it's like, we didn't have a Santa Claus and it was the worst year ever. <laughs> uh, I
2: mean, I'll give Shirley Booth some props later because I love Shirley mm-hmm. Booth. Uh, my number three is going to be Frosty the Snowman um, for the reason that uh, Rudolph was your number three. Just, you know, I mean, it's it's just a simple little kid little story. I dig it, yeah. but it's fun. Um, my number two is going to be Rudolph. Um, for that reason, I just like it better than Frosty, and I like shedding John Elway at the end, uh, even though <laughs> even though he's made some poor decisions lately. <laughs> and uh, my number one is going to be Santa Claus is Coming to Town, because, man, that's a Christmas song that I can listen to all the damn time. Love it. Ooh, though I will say that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by the
3: Jackson 5 kicks ass. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, my, my favorite Rudolph might be Billy May, the kind of, like, loungy one.
1: Oh well, I gotta check that Do you out know that one. My my Rudolph theme ones, my favorite Rudolph songs are different ones like the Chuck Berry run,
3: Rudolph Run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> run
1: on, Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait, who does the best Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, I think that's a well, good Jackson I wanted, 5 I wanted, one. Yeah. I wanna talk about that in my ranking too.
1: Now oh, that one kicks ass too yeah jackson five and the bruce springsteen version oh my god
3: mm, uh, oh yeah. my god yeah that is a good one
2: yes is that like bruce springsteen version like a live version yes. too? yeah and it's He's like so talking good to, like he breaks he stops <laughs>
1: yeah. in the middle like talks to clarence is he gonna bring yeah. you a new saxophone amazing
3: yes yeah. the frank sinatra santa claus is coming to town is also legendary but what about the
2: legendary uh Marilyn manson year without a santa claus I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding that doesn't happen i wish <laughs>
1: It, it might make me remember it, because yeah, it's going to be my number four, just for all the reasons stated. Just doesn't really stand a chance in this in this type of competition. Third is going to be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because I also think it's pretty juvenile, and I'm tired of hearing Rudolph's sob story. I get it. <laughs> then it's, it's really tough for these next two, because I love them both. I think Frosty the Snowman has to be number two, just by a hair. I love the pathos and exactly what you were saying cam it's such a magical and heart-wrenching experience like that it's it's got a universal message like it doesn't even have to be a christmas song (laughs) it could just be Mm -hmm. i had something i lost it but what when it was here i I, that's the, the idea that i created made it alive and i can i can do that whenever i want i have that power and um And I I will take that with me into my life. But then Santa Claus is coming to town. It's just a dope song about Santa Claus and how he's coming to town.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which we can all agree kicks ass. Yeah. It just, Oh yeah. I love like
1: the, the mixture of like excitement and fear, the paranoia and the the glee (laughs) that's mixed into this song. (laughs) It's, and it's, it's just like makes you feel like a kid, like, like all the best Christmas songs should just, you know, you feel silly in a good way.
3: Well, there we have it. Our, average ranks number four year without a santa claus number three rudolph number two frosty and number one santa claus is coming to town yes he is better watch out but now that we've got the individual songs out of the way let's talk about the overall soundtracks for these four specials there's a handful of songs with each film except for frosty <laughs> which i feel like might give it a disadvantage but you could also i i would also say you you could argue the opposite how it's stronger for rallying around one song in particular the movie is the song the movie is the song it does have like well we don't know if it adds the thumpity thumps (laughs) (laughs) it could Uh, but it also has like a a fun sad rendition when things are sad in the middle yeah, yeah i like that switching it up a little bit but with rudolph the songs we have are jingle 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 we are santa's elves there's always tomorrow we're a couple of misfits silver and gold the most wonderful day of the year holly jolly christmas and the title track Which we've talked about rudolph Uh, santa claus is coming to town first toy makers to the king then we have no more toy makers to the king and then be prepared to pay put one foot in front of the other my world is beginning today wedding song and santa claus is coming to town year without a santa claus has the title track and then i could be santa claus i believe in santa claus and then it's gonna snow right here in dixie and then we have the snow miser and this Heat Heat Miser song, which are kind of two songs in one. Blue Christmas, and then Here Comes Santa Claus. So That's a lot of tunage. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of music. Full disclosure, this was the hardest thing for me to rank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure where I where I land, but I feel like I, I have to knock some of them for, for having songs that aren't Christmassy at all. Yeah. <laughs> Santa like, if just, Santa like, Claus is coming to town. Yeah. My world is beginning today is is not very christmasy one foot in front of the other is a banger but it's not christmasy yeah. but I, I almost feel like the i shouldn't knock it because i like it so much
1: almost, almost none of the, the songs back. are christmasy except santa claus is coming to town yeah
3: <laughs> well, toy making, the toy really making, toy making is, sort of isn't.
1: but it could you know it could also it's it's about toy makers to the king it's not about giving gifts it's about <laughs> <Yeah>. someone's job <laughs> that's true um we also i think megan's law dictates that we do have to Talk about be prepared to pay, and how it is the most atrocious song out of any of these. Of course, far. yeah, yeah. I was that's, just that's disgusted, <laughs> my mouth agape in shock when I heard yeah. that song for the first time.
3: Yeah, so for listeners who who don't know it, uh it's basically Santa saying, like, giving this transactional framework for you. You have to
1: sit on my lap,
3: either sit on give my lap, me a kiss,
1: <laughs> and then I'll give you a toy. <laughs> yeah it's I, creepy that yeah. is that is, is yeah. it is just straight up grooming language there this is just it's almost <laughs> it like, unconscionable to show that to children i
3: think yeah it's gross okay so do you guys feel like it automatically gets last place for that reason
1: um well
3: for me because uh, i feel for like that reason, not just that the soundtrack reason. is really yeah, not I, just I really that like the rest reason. of the soundtrack <laughs> and i like <laughs> i like i hate i hate that i like the, the melody of that right. song <laughs> So much more like i really like it at the beginning when there's like the overture during the credits and we have the the narrator uh kluger dancing to each song <laughs> which is a really delightful uh sequence because it like keeps the music keeps changing and his dancing keeps changing like <laughs> it's really Some funny it's just like around. yep yeah yeah i mean uh, and i feel like that song in particular is like really delightful without any words at all exactly and i wish they kept it that way <laughs> the words are the problem <laughs> yeah but i you know there's for the toy
1: makers the you know different versions of that song that's kind of clever but mm. and put one foot in front of the other is fun but it belongs in another kind of like schoolhouse rock universe another after school special mm. yeah <laughs> it just is kind of filler here it, it, it's a yeah. good song
3: my world is beginning today very hippie uh, also not yeah. christmas so boring just like sorry <laughs> <laughs> The wedding song, I feel like, is a little Christmassy. They, I think they do mention Christmas in it, but it's not very memorable. Yeah, most of it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> My least favorite song of all of them is from Rudolph, the most... No, wait. There's Always Tomorrow. Also not a Christmassy one, and I feel like it's just kind of a slow... <laughs> I was going to, I thought you
2: were going to say your least favorite song was Santa's least favorite song, which is we are Santa's elves. <laughs> oh, like the elves sing this heartfelt rendition, like this song to him. And then he's just like, needs more work. He he's like hmm, go. well, it needs more work. I've got to go. I'm out of here. <laughs> he just like pieces out. And he's just like, and then the conductor's just like, Yo,
0: la, la, la.
2: he's just like
1: so upset with that. The were weak. It was um, hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, that song is awesome. For, for many reasons, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Part of it is the, the central role it plays in kind of the plot, or the, the inciting kind of role it plays in the plot. Yeah. And how it comes back.
2: <laughs> well, I would even say that, like, to me, like, especially a lot of these are very, you know, musical in nature. Like, these specials themselves are very musical. Uh, and to me, a good musical song is a song that's not only good lyrically and, and good, you know, like through its composition but also that it pushes the plot forward in some way and a lot of the songs in rudolph seem to do that silver and gold is kind of strange you just get this like burl ives yeah, song in the middle of the whole the situation so burl
1: ives can sing silver and gold silver <laughs> and gold
2: but yeah it's like i think that that um yeah we are santa's elves or we're a couple of misfits mm-hmm. do a great job at kind of pushing that forward a bit hey,
1: mm-hmm. if you want to talk about great musical structure that's where for me ureth of santa claus really shines mm-hmm. it's like they're, all those songs have a purpose
3: and they all drive yes. the plot forward yeah. and okay can we and, now and
1: snow miser and heat miser are fucking bops man oh my god yes. that is
3: the best i think that's my favorite song of any of these Agreed. the like, snow miser song like, agreed it's, that's been in my head ever since i started watching these specials like for the last you know week week or so mm-hmm. a couple of weeks
2: <laughs> agreed man why is the Heatmiser okay he says like when the temperature goes below sixty, he's out. But it's like really heat miser. Like you're fine with sixty-three degrees or sixty-four degree temps. That's not really warm weather. But um, but yeah, man, those are freaking bops. They're they're amazing. I mentioned earlier, but the total manipulative uh kitchen scene, I believe in Santa Claus, <laughs> where you have like Santa singing and then the dad singing about it and like singing Santa's words as like you get Santa <laughs> lip syncing it in his flashback. Yeah. And then the kid like crying at the end and everyone's just in tears. Um it's manipulative, but it works.
3: Oh. <laughs> I love that song. I really love yeah, that I really song. buy it too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Santa. Like I believe in love. It's like it's like, yeah. is that profound? I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Shirley Booth and
2: I Could Be Santa Claus. Like, that song's awesome, oh, yeah. too.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. It made me think that the, the special was going to be about that, which made me disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was <laughs> yes. more about that, too.
0: Yeah.
2: I want that spinoff so much. Yeah. Not to, not to like, show my cards or anything, but yeah, that soundtrack kicks ass.
1: <laughs> and uh, give it yeah. up also for Blue Christmas, which I think. Is not one that's as well known uh, as a Christmas standard. Like you know, some people are into the Elvis version and stuff. You, you'll see it pop up mm-hmm. on some playlists, but not that often because it is kind of melancholy. But it's a
3: good, it's a good COVID Christmas song. Yeah,
1: and I just, I just like mm-hmm. it a lot. I think it's a very pretty song.
3: I feel like that movie is is a pretty good COVID Christmas movie. <laughs> Year that's without distrust. Santa Claus. <laughs> it's gonna snow right here in Dixie. That's a that's a quick one.
1: But it's kind of fun. At Southtown, they really um, meant it. It really is in the sound, <laughs> which makes sense because everybody's white in these specials.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think at the end of Year Without a Santa Claus, there's a bunch of children of color, but they all look very just white and tinted different colors. <laughs> and, you know, it seems kind of problematic in the way that It's a Small World feels problematic. <laughs>
3: We should talk more about Rudolph. Jingle, jingle, jingle. I think is a good one.
2: Yeah,
1: I love that. That Santa just showing up and stunting on everybody. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah, I'm the Christmas King.
3: <laughs> We're a couple of misfits, a little too like bratty kitty to me, but mm-hmm. I still I like I like the melodies. It's just like the irritating voices that I'm not as big a fan <laughs> of. Her. And then anything Burr Live sings, even if it's even if, even if it stops the the plot in its tracks, <laughs> is is delightful because it's Burr Lives can
2: we just like stop this podcast in the middle of it and just have burl live singing <laughs> silver and gold
3: yeah. most wonderful day of the year is kind of a snoozer though that the the toys sing, in my opinion the misfit toys i
1: don't remember it so i'll take your word for it
3: yeah. yeah it's a slow one
2: i'm ready to rank man these are rank nate uh, your ranking? ranking um this one feels pretty simple it's gonna go santa claus is coming to town number four man this is where it gets tough number three uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer I dig it. They're great. They're fantastic songs. Um, Frosty is just going to get the edge here with the number two because uh, it's just, you know, it's so simple. And again, those renditions are great. And the the, the movie is the song. The medium is the message. Uh, and then Year Without a Santa Claus kicks so much ass. Number one.
3: <laughs> I'm mostly in agreement. I feel like it pains me because I really do love Santa Claus soundtrack, but I have to cancel the <laughs> Be Prepared to Pay song. Uh, and I also feel like it has the most non-Christmas songs, so just by default it has to go last. But I still like, I like the good ones on there, and I just wish they kept the words out of <laughs> Be Prepared. Anyways, I'm gonna give Frosty number three. I like it as, you know, the main track, but I just want a little bit more. I want a little more to my soundtrack. And that's why I like Rudolph for number two, because I feel like, especially the overture, like, when you hear, like, all the songs, like, in one overture, just like man this is such a christmasy soundtrack but i agree you're without a santa claus number one snow miser heat miser just pulls it to the top for me and several other fun tracks too but th- they get me with that snow miser song mm-hmm. those those horns those bombastic
2: mm-hmm. horns <laughs> <laughs> come on sing <laughs> It's just,
1: yeah, I mean, we could talk about this in any one of these ranking categories, really. But it's funny just to see the progression from Rudolph to Yurtha Santa Claus just, like, existing in different cultural universes. Like, if you think about yeah. what was happening in the world in 64 and then in 74, it's really <laughs> striking. I am with Nate. I have the same rank. Santa Claus is coming to town, is last for all the reasons we've said.
3: <laughs> it sucks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rudolph, just just, you know, just a little bit below Frosty because... Half of it I don't really recall, but the half I recall I do like. Frosty, I'm putting that over the top because of the Jimmy Durante connection. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I just like the idea of this this man singing that version of Frosty, like, frosty the snowman, <laughs> snowman. <laughs> yeah. adds, I do like adds that a lot too. of personality <laughs> to it and like the i guess the analog today would be like getting al pacino to narrate your frosty the snowman special <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> uh, <sighs> hey uh just a, a
2: quick like just a quick tangent um they so they remade a uh, year without a Santa Claus in like two thousand and six, I think it was, or something yeah, like that, in like a live action version. <laughs> Did you happen to watch the snow miser heat miser? Uh, new version with uh who is it michael mckeon and and uh
1: harvey firestein you know harvey you know I did. Oh my god. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that version not as good no
1: but it still looks fun i'm sure that's the only yeah. worthwhile part of that movie
2: <laughs> totally totally but yeah harvey firestein oh my god tell me he's the heat laser yeah. oh he right? definitely is <laughs> he's, yeah. he's wearing a hawaiian
1: okay. shirt and bermuda shorts it's amazing
2: and he kind of looks like uh you know the anger guy from uh yeah he he looks like a cross between (laughs) anger
1: and guy fieri
3: (laughs) at like at a perfect at
2: a like coco cabana club pirate
3: head (laughs) convention (laughs) all right that's cements i think you guys have the the same as the average ranking which is four santa three rudolph two frosty and one year without a santa claus which brings us to our next criterion let us rank the protagonist of each short mm. so we got rudolph the character frosty the character santa claus the character and we agree mrs claus is the protagonist or at the least should have been <laughs> yeah yeah or at least i feel like heavily been more part of it it kind of like loses the thread yeah but she's great but i, but I feel like, and she's she's the narrator so i feel like it's her it's her story so charming and grandmotherly
2: Though I like, I love. I think Shirley Booth's Mrs. Claus. I think is she's great. She's fantastic. The other three definitely feel more protagonisty than than her, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which would maybe be my only knock against her. But yeah, I mean, how how could you not love any of
3: these four characters? <laughs> They're amazing and so endearing. <laughs> Speaking of deering, <laughs> I'm I, I will say I'm not the biggest Rudolph fan. Like Rudolph the the deer. <laughs> The nose is very annoying, the sound yeah. of it, when it when it shines. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, he's he's got his like nose plugged up, which makes him kind of talk in that annoying voice. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of like grating. I feel like there's like a grating quality to Rudolph uh, sonically.
1: He's kind of the least interesting part of his own special.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Give me a Yukon Cornelius movie <laughs> every day, please, because <laughs> he's my
1: yeah.
3: favorite character from that movie. <laughs> He's also your doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which is not to say that Rudolph isn't important, you know? You know, you got to have yeah. the, the straight man, oh, as yeah. it were. I just don't find him that interesting. Whereas Frosty, I love that big dumb lug. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I the- feel like
3: he reminds me of Rocky. <laughs> From the Rocky nice. movies, he's hey, kind of just like it's real. like like the dumb lug who's like not not the smartest, but he's just yeah, got so much art. heart.
0: Yeah,
2: can I just
3: say that like I
2: remember growing up, my sister and I used to have this like running joke in our family where we would always just be like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> but like for the longest time, and maybe even until I just watched rewatched Frosty. I did not remember that it was from Frosty. And for some reason I was connecting it to like Gus Gus from Cinderella.
3: (laughs) Um, It's similar, similar voice.
2: Yes, exactly. But yeah, like that, uh, like Jackie Vernon's performance as Frosty is, is so good. (laughs) He is really that kind of
1: big old dumb brute. Yeah. And like problems, his problems don't even uh, like feel like problems to him. He just kind of is like, yeah, whatever. Like, Hey, do you have money for that train ticket? He's like, no, I don't have any money. And that this like, completely baffles the ticket taker to the point where he has to like stop working. Like, no money.
2: What? Wait, that whole, that whole sequence, like whoever was in the Foley booth or whatever for like the sound effects for that sequence is, I don't even know, having a seizure because it's just like. And it goes on for like 15 yeah. seconds and it happens
3: twice twice oh uh, sorry i just love yeah, that memory so much <laughs> no money i like the line when he's like um he's, he's talking about like being brought to life and he's like what a nice thing to happen to a nice guy like me <laughs>
1: you just want to give him a hug
3: he's also selfless he gives his life to save karen yeah little totally. girl again
1: he's like aren't you gonna melt he's like just a little <laughs> who cares yeah <laughs> he's like i could, I could lose yeah. some weight <laughs> yeah <laughs> Heart of gold, love him.
2: But how about that Mickey Rooney?
1: (laughs) I go back and forth on him, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Just in general, or
2: in the movie? Oh yeah, just
1: yeah, yeah. In life, no. As Santa Claus, like I kind of, I, almost like him better as the older Santa Claus in Year of That of Santa Claus.
3: Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about Santas. We still have Santas. We're we're isolating Santa the protagonist here, but we're going to talk about Santas later. But that's the thing. Like I, I think you you can talk about him later.
1: His kind of positivity and his eagerness is is both a strength of that movie but also kind of cloying at times and like kind of over it
3: hmm. there's, a, there's one line reading I really like where he just kind of like he just like throws himself into every word of it where I think he's talking to the kids are they talking about how toys are outlawed or something he's like that's the silliest thing I ever heard <laughs> <laughs> Like, the part where he
1: is, like, going down chimneys, he gets a little too giddy. It becomes, It makes me start worrying about Santa Claus.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure why, but, like, when I was in high school, it was, like, kind of a thing that I, that I made it, that I hated Mickey Rooney so much. <laughs> but I can't understand why, or, like, I don't even, like, as far as I know, when I think back to, like, in high school... I feel like I would only really truly know Mickey Rooney from um Phantom of the Megaplex <laughs> the Disney <laughs> Channel original movie. Um and it's like like that is the movie or like for some reason I would always make fun of Mickey Rooney.
3: <laughs> well he is the most apparently <laughs> racist part of Breakfast at yes, Tiffany's. Yes. <laughs> yes. I
2: didn't see that until
3: much later. <laughs> yeah. So it's upsetting. That's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Much like the song that he yeah. sings about <laughs> trading kisses for toys. Problematic, Mickey Rooney. I mean, he's, but he is
1: great in that Simpsons cameo as uh, in the Radioactive Man movie, where he plays he, he's like the replacement to play Fallout Boy after Bart fails. Jiminy <laughs> nice. Jillikers, Jiminy Jillikers. <laughs> That's right. And of course, a, a million movies with Judy Garland, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're old. But he is like, we do get like Santa Claus from birth to old age. And that's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, he's a fun definitely dynamic. a strong like, yeah.
1: That's for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do he's, he's very fully fully formed, fleshed out.
1: And then Mrs. Claus. Yeah, I give, her, I give her a little more credit, I think. Because she also is the one who, she, the, the, the compromise between the misers is her brainchild. Like, we need to figure this out this really needlessly complicated plan to to get Santa to care again.
2: (laughs) And she would make a badass Santa Claus. Let's be honest.
1: Oh yeah.
3: She was rocking that suit. I think I'm first for this, for this ranking. So I'm going to, I'm going to kickstart it off right here. Uh, I think Rudolph, uh, has to be last for me just because of the gratingness of, (laughs) of the sound sometimes. And, I want to see more of Mrs. Claus. I feel like if we did see her in the Santa suit and like really, really taking over as Santa, it would have been much cooler. But because she's just kind of like going around, like talking to other people, I feel like, I don't know, it's just not as dynamic. But who is dynamic is Santa Claus, who comes to town. My number two, I just love that origin from birth to old age, Santa. And I I get a kick out of Mickey Rooney's line readings, but... Number one's got to be Frosty, man, Frosty Balboa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to see that, Eric. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of tempted to put Rudolph at the bottom, but I, got, I think I got to put Mrs. Claus there because there's so much, <laughs> just because of the wasted potential. And like, they go to all the trouble of giving her that song, and then she goes to the window and she's like, "Let's see how this works." And they immediately go like, "Hey, Mrs. Claus!" Like, "Oh, too bad, a woman <laughs> can't be Santa Claus." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah it's a bummer so rudolph rudolph's three but it's not a strong three i I don't think he's very interesting at all part of that is we know the song (laughs) we know what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah santa claus is two from coming to town and of course frosty like you said cam he's just so lovable with his heart of gold and his corncob pipe and his button nose and you just want to love on him
2: don't forget those two eyes made out of coal (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was ranking them in my head before Cam even started talking, and um it's uh gonna be the I'm I'm actually linked up with Eric again, man. Um mm. Mrs. Claus is a four for me. She's she's great, she's good. When we talk about narrators, uh which is coming up uh here in the near future, I'm all about that. But yeah, uh same reasons above and let's just say that Frosty kicks
3: ass and I love Jackie Vernon. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> a sweep for Frosty, I love it. So our our collective rankings, number four, Mrs. Claus, number three, Rudolph, number two, Santa, number one, Frosty. And speaking of narrators, uh, that's another important part of all the, of these movies because we have such delightful narrators in all four. So in, in Rudolph, we've got Sam the Snowman, voiced by Burl Ives, a talking snowman, Jimmy Durante as himself <laughs> narrating Frosty, the celebrity Jimmy Durante. Uh, Special delivery, or SD Kluger, Fred Astaire, in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. He's the mailman telling us all the secrets of Santa's origin story. And then we have Mrs. Claus herself narrating Year Without a Santa Claus, played by Shirley Booth. So I feel like right off the bat, Jimmy Durante kind of loses points for being a real person and not like a magical (laughs) character like the rest of them. That's why
1: he gains points for me.
3: Oh yeah! <laughs> I mean, I'm not. He's I'm not gonna go crazy, magical. but like, I kind of like that it's just the real person, narrating Frosty. the <laughs> snow. All right, all
1: right.
2: He's the kind of guy you could get a beer with. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I don't know. It's for me. It's, this is like a two-horse race because if you look at the many ways that these specials have been referenced and parodied over the years, mm. you either see the snowman or you see the mailman. Mm. That just screams Rankin Bass Christmas magic to me. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Elf elf's yeah, man. Parodies Elf parodies the yeah. snowman, yeah. Totally. Or maybe they
2: even have parodies, it's just like yeah, an homage, yeah. right? That and they like Elf's Elf's uh, North Pole is very much a rankin' bass. It's very much North a Pole. Rudolph North Pole. Yeah. Like it's like Totally, right? It's Down of the more quaint
3: kind of like rolling hills and cute trees.
1: And let's not forget South Park and the Mr. Hankey specials, which <laughs> use the S D. Kluger mm. uh narrator. To kind yeah. of introduce the concept of the <laughs> oh, yeah. Christmas poo. He loves me, I love you.
2: Uh, as far as like, just like maybe their cadence or their, uh, you know, I just lo- like Burl Ives just has, he's got a great voice, man. He's just, it's velvety. He's, it's smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's, t- it's velvety, man. It's that smooth velvet voice, man. Uh, it's nice to listen mm-hmm. to. Uh, I could listen to him talk for, for days. And he really feels like he's talking with mm-hmm. you, uh, the yeah. audience, he's, like, reaching out to you. He's pulling the the Joe Biden and, like, <laughs> looking at the camera and, and talking to you, yeah. the people. I he's actually, got a banjo? Yes. Silver and gold.
1: <laughs> I think I get that conversational tone a little bit more, personally, from Fred Astaire. Burl hmm. Live yeah. still seems like someone who could narrate the film strips you watch in a classroom. Whereas Fred Astaire is like, <laughs> Fred Astaire is a little more like a regular Joe.
3: Can we can we also talk about Fred Astaire's awesome, like, uh, mail truck with tread? And yes. it's like a cool steampunk or something, like, mail <laughs> car that can ride in the snow. I like it.
2: And his talking letters. Don't forget, don't forget his talking <laughs> yeah. sentient letters. And he's
1: friends with all the animals. He's got great dance moves. He does. I do love the dancing. And that, that character design is so great with, (laughs) there's just something about that freakishly elongated chin, his (laughs) diamond shaped face.
3: My favorite thing is when he's like, he's dancing at the beginning and he like jumps up in the air and like kind of kicks his legs out like one at a time. And he just kind of like freezes in (laughs) midair. Just really funny to me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They had a lot of fun. Yeah. Physicality of that, that character.
2: But that grandmotherliness of Shirley Booth. It's good. It's good. I love um, her voice. She's so I love her sweet.
3: Voice. It's like that just yeah. old lady voice. Just Cute, kind
2: of fun old and old lady. And Oh, yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's just, its, it's she just reminds me of my own grandmother. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Are we ready to rank?
1: Let's rank them.
3: Eric's first.
1: I like them all. Just get, let's, let's say that up Same. front. Fourth is Mrs. Claus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I guess maybe I also am not a huge fan of the narrator being a character in the story. I kind of like it when it's detached and omniscient. Mm. I
3: could see that. I could see that.
1: So, and then, so my number three is Jimmy Durante as himself. (laughs) Nice. I would like to see that in modern Christmas specials every now and then. Number two is Sam the Snowman. Mm. Classic Pearl Ives got a rock and goatee on a snowman, which would take a lot of effort if you think about it. (laughs) <laughs> the craft facial hair on your snowman. And then <laughs> S.D. Kluger, the goat, baby, number one. I love it. <laughs> is what I think of when I think of these specials, like not having had a history with them.
2: Yeah. Nate? Again, love them all. Love them all. Uh, Jimmy Durante is going to get my number mm. four. You know, it's just Jimmy Durante. It's just, you know, it's, it's him it doing his enough? thing. <laughs> not enough. Not enough for uh, me. Like Cam, I like the. I like my mythological... Uh, magical people. Uh, My number three is going to be Mrs. Claus. I love her. I love her uh, grandmotherliness. She's, you know, just so nice and quaint. I would love to see a whole movie dedicated to her. Eric, I think you're right. You know, she's a character narrating the story, which, uh, you know, I do like a little bit of removing the narrator from the story. Uh, I'm gonna go number two, uh, despite the fact that he sings a good ass song. I'm gonna go with SD Kluger as my number two. Um, he's classic. He's great, but a man, Burl
3: Ives is Sam the Snowman. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I uh, I have to say I have the same ranking as Nate. Uh, Jimmy Durante, yeah, loses points for not being mythological enough for me. Uh, I agree with you guys on Mrs. Claus. She's a little too part of the story, not distinct enough as a narrator aside from the story uh man it's really hard because i do love sd kluger but ultimately i just love the talking snowman with the velvety voice of burl eyes i feel like that's just so classic and Christmassy, and it's, just, it's it's just slightly more magical than the mailman who who knows santa or who you know delivers letters to santa is the the magic talking snowman same reason frosty was number one <laughs>
1: Only one t- magic-talking snowman can rule my heart. <laughs> There's not, room, not enough room.
2: I, I love I love a Jackie Runa-narrated uh, Rudolph the red Reindeer. <laughs> All
3: right, so the official ranking is number four, Frosty. Number three, A Year Without a Santa Claus. Number two, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And number one, Rudolph. All right, we've talked about heroes. We've talked about narrators. Now let's talk about villains. And I feel like this is maybe a little more amorphous. In Rudolph, we've got the Bumble definitely the kind of the main villain, but I feel like you could argue that like the head elf is sort of Her- Hermes' villain. He's the one that's kind of like down on him the whole time. We've also got like all the reindeer that make fun of Rudolph as being sort of antagonistic. It's the classic man versus society or reindeer yeah, versus society. they're not entirely society. villains, but they're they're definitely like they give him a hard time for a while until he proves himself in his usefulness. <laughs> So that's Rudolph, and they have got Professor Hinkle in Frosty. He's, he's pretty much the only villain there. Santa Claus is coming to town. Burgermeister Meister Burger, is the main villain, and we also have his lackey Grimsley, kind of the sycophant. And then Winter Warlock is sort of a villain, like at first, but he quickly becomes a friend. I feel like that's that's kind of a thing. That's kind of a thing in these Christmas specials is like villains may not stay villains for very long. Um, just the nature of Christmas time, and you know the good-hearted characters kind of turning them good. And then you're without a Santa Claus, of course. The miser brothers, Heat Miser, Snow Miser, and I could you could argue that the mayor of Southtown is is sort of antagonistic. He
1: doesn't believe.
3: Those are there are main villains. Yeah, I think Cam, you're right. Is like there's this
2: the format seems to be that you have these villains, but by the end of the movie. They're maybe not so villainous. Yeah.
3: I think the only one that like stays a villain is Burgermeister. Like we kind of just kind of move mm-hmm. away from him. It's like yeah, they died off over over time. <laughs> and they all died. <laughs> they,
1: they died out. Like uh, what? We're, we're like dinosaurs? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Elaborate more, please. <laughs> but he is a strong villain throughout, and I love this. You know, I do like him as a villain. <laughs> I like how he
3: keeps like, getting tricked into like having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yo-yo! I love yo-yos. <laughs> and then he just like someone's like, "Sir, you're playing with the toy." He's like, "Oh yeah." Uh, I just ban a... all toys. <laughs> yeah.
1: The general scapegoating fun. of German people is also pretty mm. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Always bad guys. Just look at him,
3: though. He is very sour. <laughs> I think Hinkle's a pretty fun villain. That's another one that was uh, very quoted in my household. My dad is a big fan of quoting. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> that's uh,
1: if you like made a mess. Would he say messy, messy, messy? <laughs> think
3: nasty, think nasty. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a fizz fun. I
2: also love that he's like this sort of you know terrible magician with a literal magic yeah. hat. Like
3: he has a hat that's magical, but the dude can't do shit. The with The magic it. hat. I have questions. Like I, I don't. I think I think one of you guys pitched for frosty we'll we'll be pitching for frosty and i i feel like i would have jumped at the at the hat mythology like where does the hat come from is hocus pocus also magical like is is he part of the magic hat like where how deep does that rabbit hole go
1: (laughs) it's like the one (laughs) early
2: frosty in uh frosty and hocus pocus
3: is bogus adventure (laughs) through the hat yes (laughs) And then, of course, the miser brothers are just legendary. Oh, like they're just amazing. They're
1: just so much fun to look at. <laughs> yeah.
3: I love, I love that they kind of bust open the mythology of this whole Rank and universe. To, like now we have elemental gods, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> and that's super fun.
1: And like they, they control the weather, but they're misers, so they're hoarding yeah. the weather. Like <laughs> it, it, it's very weird, and yeah. I like it. <laughs>
2: They are controlling. They
3: control and they are yes, controlling. Like, this is
1: all my cold and I will right. give it to you in increments that I see fit.
3: Man, a lot of fun villains here. Bumble. He's just so cute. And he doesn't stay a villain. He uh, he gets his teeth pulled, which is kind of like messed up that they they <laughs> I render think you're right him... about the
1: head elf though. I get yeah. I get real big gym teacher energy from him. Yeah. He's <laughs> totally. even got the goatee.
3: In
2: high school, back in my uh, you know, High school theater days, one of my buddies, uh, JT used to do <laughs> a hilarious impression of the head elf. I don't know I don't know why he would always do this impression, but it was always like he'd just be like,
3: Her me and like
2: it was just oh my god, it was it was classic. There's
3: elf practice. <laughs> don't like to make toys. <laughs> You're supposed to learn how to giggle. <laughs> All right. Nate, are you ready to
2: rank? Um, I'm going to go, uh, God, as much as I love him. If we're calling Bumble the villain, he's amazing, but he's probably the weakest of the villains because he's really just a kind soul that just wants to put stars on the top of a tree. <laughs> I love his character design. He's great, um, but I'm probably going to put him there. Three, though I think uh, they're fantastic villains. They are the most villainous of them all. I'm going to go with uh Burger Meister, Meister, Burger and Company. I mean, I think their villains are great. Um, I just have so much more fun with the other other villains uh my number two is going to be professor hinkle uh he's just busy 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 (laughs) chewing the scenery and then you're without a santa claus how can i say no to the miser brothers how can i say no to the miser brothers
1: (laughs) you can't
3: but can eric
1: well bumble and the head elf yeah i agree with nate they're not explicitly villainous but they are they are good characters Ooh, this is kind of tough for me I actually think snow miser and heat miser are my number 3. Ooh. Ooh. They're just kind of doing their jobs and like <laughs> I mean aside <laughs> from shooting down the elves and their reindeer
3: yeah yeah bitch move and really like <laughs> snow miser is not that much of a villain he's like yeah i love christmas but you got to take it up with heat miser like right yeah. he kind of he kind of passes I, the buck <laughs> i want to help you <laughs>
1: and yeah they just i don't know they're they're more just like the circus that's happening around the the actual mm-hmm. villain which is i think is santa claus in the earth out of santa claus or the mm, doctor wow. that Ooh. treats him really it's <laughs> his
3: fault hot take and, i doubt and, Doubt uh, is the villain.
1: I'm gonna say uh, Professor angles number 2 mm-hmm. Really good uh Hanna Barbera style villain yeah, antics that yeah. he's got. Totally. and Burgermeister Meisterberger. Like just that name alone. What a what a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Bodie McBoat face of the yeah, exactly. universe. And, <laughs> and like his
1: his his henchmen are literally like Prussian soldiers. They're just we're just yeah. supposed to condition to think these are bad guys and uh <laughs> And also let it not go without saying that Winter Warlock kind of inspired an iconic villain in Adventure Time. So there you go.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. That's true. I love it. The Snow King, right? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Bumble, I feel like he's just, he's misunderstood. He's not really a villain. And I feel like the head elf, while he's antagonistic, he's ultimately not like villainous. So I feel like just by default, Rudolph doesn't have the strongest villain, but um, I'm going to give number three. I love Professor Hinkle, but I feel like he just doesn't measure up to Burgermeister, my number two. I love how just curmudgeonly he is. I love how he gets, he continues to get tricked into having fun to his own chagrin. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I got to go with the ham. I got to go with the, the double hams, the, the Miser brothers. They're just so iconic. Even if they're not like entirely villainous, like all the way through, they're just so much fun and yeah i don't know i just like mythologically i think they're just so fun and cool and their song was just the best so totally give me give me the variety
2: show shenanigans (laughs) of the miser brothers please. i I have no
3: problem giving the misers their flowers here (laughs) (laughs) all right so number four rudolph number three frosty two santa and number one year so we've talked about heroes narrators villains Um, now we can talk about supporting casts, so like the sidekicks and the other good guys that uh, make up the casts Mm. of these films you know with rudolph we've got like yukon cornelius hermy the elf clarice the misfit toys with frosty we've got karen we've got hocus pocus and the other kids Uh, santa claus we've got topper the penguin winter warlock miss jessica and then You're Without a Santa Claus, we've got Jingle and Jangle the Elves, Vixen the reindeer, Mother Nature, Iggy the uh the child who is a doubter at first in his family.
2: Um, can I just go ahead and say that it's twenty twenty, Karen's are abundant. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say that my one thought after watching Frosty was like, Of course Karen would think that the North Pole would never melt. <laughs> 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 you know. Those damn boomers not believing in global warming.
3: <laughs> Complaining that it's cold, of course. <laughs> yeah. Karen basically. And, uh, and she's, wearing, she gets, she's wearing a she freaking dress. She to see the manager of the North Pole eventually. Yeah, I was going to say, Karen gets to basically,
1: basically gets to go see Frosty's manager.
3: Like, no, the chick like is wearing Karen. a dress. I like Karen. I feel yeah, like she's Yeah, yeah nice I do girl. too.
1: I mean, Hocus Pocus wow. is where it's at, though. Holy moly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the ticket guy. The ticket big <laughs> He's <dude>. funny too. <laughs>
1: But I laughed a lot at Hocus, what Hocus Pocus was doing, his reactions to everything.
2: Uh, I mean, if we're, just, you know, talking about Year that of Santa Claus, if the Miser Brothers are the villains and not really side characters, is anybody yeah. else really that interesting? Yeah, they're it there. really hurts
1: yeah. to remove the Misers from that equation. Um,
2: yeah, because
3: Jingle Jangle just don't really do it for me. Yeah, they're, they're a little too dumb. I think it is interesting, though, that they look like Heat Miser and Snow Miser. <laughs> Like they have similar face it. shapes and yeah. like nose structure and I'm just like I'm like are they like a manifestation of these these elves psychology or something? Like what what's happening there? They they also have some like serious bulk and skull energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Vixen's kind of a helpless reindeer. She's not too much of a character. And the humans are kind of lame. They're not uh, due, just for, the not record. Time for me. I
2: watched all of these films with Theo, my three and a half year old. Yeah, um, and his favorite part of *You're of Santa Claus* was Nixon because, and I quote, "I was like, Theo, what was your favorite part of the movie?" And he goes, "The part when they thought he was a dog."
3: <laughs> so
2: he was a big fan of Nixon. Just for the record, Nixon.
1: <laughs> oh, whoops! Not Nixon.
2: <laughs> that's that's the whiskey
1: time. I thought for a second your son had made an adorable, you know malpropism where you just like nixon the reindeer <laughs> love nixon <laughs> well I, you know we're burying the lead here we have yeah, we, we have yukon cornelius right? oh okay. yeah we have a character as perfect as yukon cornelius is there any other discussion that is necessary
3: i don't know to me if i were to give like best academy award to the supporting actor it would be winter from santa claus is coming to town <laughs> he's i'm great a too. big fan it's winter winter, winter. <laughs> he's fucking funny man he's, he's great. just so like my favorite line is when he's like <laughs> when they, they start flying and he's like oh i'm not such a loser after all. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> the dude's just misunderstood yeah
1: i was partial to when he um he, he's convinced that Everything's okay. You should leave your home, you know, and and socialize with people. And he ends up at the North Pole and he's like, "Hmm, I'm crowded, but at least I'm <laughs> loved."
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, the performance there is great. He's fantastic. Back to Rudolph. Does anybody have a favorite misfit toy? Mm,
1: you bet I do. Mine's a tie between the cowboy riding an ostrich and the, yes. the water gun that shoots jelly. <laughs> yes,
2: Literally, literally my two oh, favorites. Nice. Cause it's like, like, why is the water gun shooting? jelly?
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but I'd like to have one, please.
2: <laughs> and I want to know more about this cowboy on an ostrich. I would just love to see some sort of like old spaghetti Western with like a Clint Eastwood type character who rides an ostrich.
1: Or like a bunch of them, like a face-off between a posse and like a gang of outlaws, <laughs> all just riding ostriches.
2: Or you could do like one of those like uh, Australian uh,
3: outback westerns, and they could be emus. <laughs> I do like Charlie in the box and how like distraught he is over you know he he would never be a, a successful Jack. toy because he's not Jack in the box, he's Charlie in the
2: box. And then again, just to bring him up again, King Moonracer. Oh yeah, <laughs> big fan of King Moonracer. Like the
1: Moonracer knows.
3: Like what the fuck? That's, he's just amazing
1: santa's even a supporting character in rudolph there's so many
3: i i feel like he's almost kind of a villain or an antagonist because he even he gets yeah, in on like making fun of rudolph <laughs> he's an asshole yeah. he sucks like when once he finds out the, about the nose he's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh god oh god yeah but so does everybody else i mean
1: santa's yeah. santa's got bigger things to worry about like his own debt. like rudolph's own parents are mortified by it that's that's way yeah. more villainous to me
2: yes it got me uh every time i've seen it but clarice who's clarice's dad is he like one of the actual eight reindeer or just like some other dude uh, i don't I think know it's if just some say. other dude but like the way he says red-nosed reindeer it sounds like a freaking slur <laughs> he's just like you'll never hang out with a red-nosed reindeer <laughs> you're like
3: jesus christ dude I like this like second generation of reindeer, too, by the way. Like Fireball and Clarice and Rudolph. And sir, and people should be making fun of Fireball because his
2: haircut is atrocious. It's <laughs> it's horrifying. little blonde yeah.
1: tuft. And that's a choice, unlike a red nose.
3: Yeah, that dude could get it cut easily. <laughs> All right, who's first up? It's Eric. I'm ranking.
1: Year Without a Santa Claus is number four. Not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Boring Outside of the Misers and Mrs. Claus. Then, yeah, I got to go with santa claus is coming to town not a topper fan i must admit
3: i think he's cute and i feel uh, like he's got cute moments
1: him and and mickey rooney going back and forth are some of the most annoying parts of that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what are you saying god damn it (laughs) two birds clucking away and then uh frosty the snowman and then rudolph is number one not just for the sheer volume but just ah the quality we haven't we haven't even discussed how like hilarious Hermie is like his deadpan, the way his he's like the foil to Yukon Cornelius. He's so deadpan and subdued. Yukon is wacky and loud. Hermie's impersonation of a of a pig outside the Bumbles Cave just gets me every time. Oink <laughs> oink oink. <laughs>
3: that is pretty good though. I'm not the biggest Hermie fan. I feel like he's he's kind of a bummer in a Christmas movie. He's like. I don't want to do this fun thing. I wanna be a realistic dentist. <laughs> I wanna be I a
1: dentist. Well <laughs> he speaks to me, for sure. <laughs> I, I can get a little overwhelmed with Christmas stuff. I'm like, guys, it's just Christmas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I do I can't deny Yukon, Cornelius, and the Misfit Toys. A lot of fun, diverse characters. But my number four, I agree, you're without a Santa Claus. Just a little, little too boring. I'm gonna go frosty for number three. I think Karen and Hocus are are great, but not quite iconic enough. What is iconic is all the characters of Rudolph. But I don't know, guys. Winter is really selling it for me. I gotta give I gotta wow. give it to Winter. Like even if it's wow. even if it's like front loaded all for Winter.
1: I'm gonna say he, even, he also has Jessica dragging it down. Oh boy!
3: Yeah, that's true. Jessica's Jessica. a little bit boring, but good old but, Jessica Claus. But winter, I gotta, I gotta throw it to winter. And I like the elves too. I like the Kringles uh, at the beginning. <laughs> uh baby, what dingle? Oh, <laughs> tingle. I get tingle. That's, Kringle. That's that's where I'm
1: yelling at my TV. I get the joke. I
3: get it. Tingle. Kringle. Uh, but winter. winter's really what like he's worth four sidekicks so
1: <laughs> he's pretty
3: bad. he makes he truly
2: he truly makes a meal out of his out of his yeah, little, yeah. it's a it's like, a classic yeah. glow-up
0: <laughs> oh yeah totally
2: um, i want to know more about that actor i'm gonna go with uh yeah number four i have to agree with you you're without a santa claus though i really do love the dad and especially in the i believe in santa claus oh yeah i don't know it just tickled me um it was fun.
3: The dad who believes but the kid who doesn't. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> which also gets into that whole classic freaking plot hole or like weird paradox of Christmas movies where it's like people don't believe in Santa Claus and yet the entire world knows that Christmas is canceled cuz Santa Claus can't do it and <laughs> it's like where do these presents come? Whatever. Christmas magic. Uh-huh. Uh my number 3 is going to be Frosty the Snowman. Um I love hocus pocus. Uh, but to me, Hocus Pocus uh, does not outdo Winter Warlock. Mm. Winter's amazing, so that's my number two. Uh, You're that of Santa Claus. And number one, yeah, it's a freaking um, treasure trove of supporting characters and Rudolph the Red Note.
1: An embarrassment of riches.
2: <laughs> it really is. A, a
1: true island of misfit toys, also. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love the thing that I love, like, Yukon Cornelius' whole, like, throw his pick in the air and gets it in the ground and, like, taste it.
1: Yeah. What a talent.
2: <laughs> he can taste for gold and <laughs> silver.
1: For some reason that made me think of that one bit from a uh, Conan O'Brien show, the late, late night, when he was still late night with Conan O'Brien, he had the Walker, Texas Ranger lover that would play a random clip of Rock, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh yes. And my favorite was always the one where there's it's just like a dialogue free scene. It's Chuck Norris going up to some dirt patch somewhere, picking up some dirt, tasting it, and then saying plane crashed here. that was it
3: (laughs) oh my god
1: so i think yukon cornelius has those same tracking skills
3: (laughs) (laughs) all right so our collective supporting cast rankings are number four year without a santa claus number three frosty number two santa claus number one rudolph and now the moment of truth we got to rank the santa clauses y'all damn santa claus appears in all four of these specials in some form or another and we have to determine the difference between them all. So <laughs> in Rudolph, we've got skinny Santa, <laughs> who, as we alluded to, he's kind of a jerk. He gets in on making fun of Rudolph. I'm also kind of annoyed at his relationship with Mrs. Claus in that one. He's, he, just, he just seems sort of like absent-minded. She's always kind of like... Eat, Papa. <laughs> Eat. Eat. Like he, he just seems like he his mind is elsewhere, and she has to kind of like rein him in. So we got skinny Santa and I feel like in Frosty we have what I call warm Santa. It's the Santa in the greenhouse, he's the one that's like gives the warm wisdom to Karen. Like it's okay, don't worry about Frosty. He's made of Christmas magic, snow. He'll come back.
1: He's immortal because of the water cycle.
3: <laughs> I feel like this <laughs> Santa is almost like godlike in the way that he I don't know, is just like very wise. He just shows up. <laughs> Then we've got origin story Santa in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Baby Santa up to old Santa. We, we see all the stages. Young boy, young man, a chin-strap bearded man, and then full bearded man, and then... <laughs> Amish Santa. <laughs> and then we've got Year Without a Santa Claus, who's kind of just, you know, the sick curmudgeon who doesn't want doesn't to be Santa this year in a sort of begrudgingly, like, <laughs> along for the ride. Depressed Santa. Yeah uh i'm a big fan of that santa wow (laughs) i feel like it's dapper it's the funniest santa Santa. he's the most fly in terms of dress i love that outfit that bowler hat just really got it going on for me
1: hashtag not my santa (laughs) you're talking about jerks yeah the rudolph santa is a jerk but man you're without Santa. <laughs> Get it together, dude. <laughs> it's
3: an it's a character arc. He's got a it's you know it's the Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. He's he's in a dark place, but he he comes to be the legendary.
1: Yeah, uh, but what figure, what is it we that we he it desires? <laughs> it's not like it, they talk about it being goodwill, but it's more just like proving to Santa that he's special. Proving to this one person is, is he's special, so he'll keep giving you stuff. If you just stroke his (laughs) ego a little more, that's not what Santa means. Like I I don't think they understood what they were really going for there, but let's not forget
2: exploitive Santa from Santa Claus is coming from town. Like that's where he started. He started with like saying, Hey, you sit on my lap. (laughs) You do these yeah. things for me and then I'll bring you some toys. Like that's just who he is. It's the logical <laughs> progression.
1: <laughs> I do see that in Santa and coming to town is a little, kind of an outlier because like the rest of it, he's just like, yeah, I'll just help give out these toys. Like I have no ulterior motive. I just want to make people happy. And then that, then that weird song comes along and complicates it, unfortunately. <laughs> but it is, it is <laughs> kind of like just the one
3: is to fly in the ointment. I think I'm ready. I'm gonna give it to Skinny Santa last. I feel like he's just too antagonistic and distant. <sighs> and then, yeah, I gotta I gotta cancel Mickey Rooney in Santa Claus is Coming to Town for for the song for the problematic song. And then I, I like the wise Santa from Frosty, but I don't know. I gotta go to bat for a year without a Santa Claus because I just love that grumpy like curmudgeon Santa who. <laughs> it has to be talked into Christmas <laughs> but I don't know to, to me it's just really funny like I really like his performance I think Mickey Rooney shines as that grumpy Santa Claus and, and the outfit man <laughs> a lot for me to love there
2: it's a great outfit
3: uh, you know my number
2: four is I showed my cards early it's Rudolph <laughs> he's just a he's an asshole man <laughs> literally Donner talking about his son says I'm sure he'll grow out of it and Santa just snaps back Well, let's hope so. (laughs) Intolerant. Yes. It's freaking intolerant. Santa's, uh, you know, he's he's an asshole. So there's that one. I think I'm going to go with my number three. I'm going to go with origin Santa, origin story Santa, if not just for that one song. (laughs) Kind of creepy, kind of strange. I don't like seeing my Santa without a beard. That was weird for a while. The chin um, Exactly. Amish Santa did not do it for me. Number two is going to be uh, Santa on holiday, though I love the dude's suit. It's freaking amazing. He looked great there, but yeah, he's just whiny. He's Santa. He can't cancel Christmas. That's just not a thing he can or should do. And, uh, you know, just by, I guess, by power of elimination, uh, Frosty Santa is number one. He's in there very briefly, but that dude is... He's Santa. He's just he does Santa things.
3: We should we should note that he's voiced by Paul Fries, who is like the MVP of Rankin Bass. Like I said, I watched all of these Christmas specials. I think Paul Fries is in maybe every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he is like the the standby Rankin Bass guy. Nice. In terms of voices, so that's cool. All
1: right, it's time to bring the curve down because Santa on holiday <laughs> is the last Santa that I would ever <laughs> want to meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Um, <laughs> Skinny Santa from Rudolph, the red Nose is third. He is a jerk. Everyone's a jerk mm. to Rudolph, though. I, I don't know what yeah. what's so special about Santa being a jerk to him. Again, Rudolph's own parents immediately think he's some kind of freak. Like, that to me is way more troubling than than <laughs> this man who has a lot of pressure on him, has a lot on his mind, and is being made to choose from all these other reindeer. Like he has to, he has the burden. Of giving some parents joy and some like <laughs> heartbreak. But, but he's like, I just need the best reindeer team. So I don't see that as much of a knock. And so, kind of a similar way in the second one with the Origin Santa from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I said my piece about the song in the soundtrack. I think it ruins his soundtrack, but I don't think it ruins his character. I think I think all the other stuff he does in the movie has to be considered in balance with the one very suspect thing that he does in <laughs> ascertaining his, his true character. And then number one... Mm. Oh, Frosty Santa! That's the kind of Santa I want. I don't necessarily need these things to be about Santa Claus. I just want Santa to be kind of the avatar of the Christmas spirit, and that is mm. what he does in Frosty. Fair enough.
2: Ho ho ho! <laughs> I I'm I'm also I was never a fan of Mickey Rooney's ho ho ho. By the ho, way, ho, ho ho ho! I don't think it was I don't think it was convincing.
1: I I agree with you there.
2: <laughs> so, by the way, King of the ho ho hos, I think might have to go to J.K. Simmons in Kloss. <laughs> He's so oh,
3: in the the recent Klaus from last year, yeah, oh, it's such a good exactly. movie. He
2: captures the ho 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 <laughs> laugh uh, in a way that no other Santa <laughs> ever has. I think
1: Just Tim Allen talk. captured it well, but not in the Santa Claus, but on Home Improvement.
3: Ho, 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 ho. You guys don't like Christmas Story? Ho ho ho! That's <laughs> that's pretty good too. That's scary Santa, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or uh, Hans Gruber. Her. <laughs> Her. Her.
3: <laughs> all right so our, our official santa rankings are number four rudolph number two no number three santa claus is coming to town number two year without a santa claus number one frosty i did not see that coming to be honest i thought it would have been at least a rooney <laughs> <laughs> rooney was robbed all right uh so this is my last criteria before we get into our overall ranking So I I call this the mythological criteria. Like, what does each film add mythologically to the Mm. canon of Christmas? Mm -hmm. So with Rudolph, we've got, you know, Rudolph's origin. We've got kind of, we get a peek into reindeer culture. We see a little bit of elf culture. We see abominable snowmen. We see an island of sentient misfit toys. That's a lot of pretty Pretty cool mythology. Frosty, we have the mysterious magic hat, possibly with hocus pocus included i don't know <laughs> listeners right in you know santa claus is there we have santa claus's greenhouse maybe i don't know is that his also the idea of just like anyone can build a magical snowman on christmas like i don't know there it's there's sort of like an everyman quality to the mythology of frosty that i like uh with santa claus is coming to town we have elf culture we have the family life of elves we have the winter Warlock, which is kind of a cool new elemental addition. We have the origins of so many Santa traditions, like why he comes down the chimney, why he puts things in stockings, how he can like jump long distances and squeeze through chimneys, and yeah, pretty much everything uh, a mailman that can like commune with Santa, apparently it's kind of you know magical uh and then a year without a Santa Claus, we have. You know, Mrs. Claus, we, we we don't really get to see her story very much told. Uh, we see how she can, like, pick up the slack when he's down and out. We also have the, the, the nature beings, the Miser brothers, you know, these elemental deities. And Mother Nature herself being oh. involved in the Christmas mythology. Yeah. So a lot of interesting mythology going on here. But what do you guys deem is is the most important to Christmas? I'm just really drawn to... Christmas to me is about
2: traditions and about the things that we do every yeah. year and kind of being told why we do certain things every year, I think is a really fun, magical process. And I I kind of like that. And I think, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town mm-hmm. does a great job with that. All of those little traditions and kind of their explanations are
1: really fun. And, and I like that it's not nice. all about it. It's, the, it's definitely the majority of it, but that you still have things like winter uh, coming in and just being a total off the wall <laughs> creation more in the style of Rudolph, which is way more I think imaginative in terms of mythology, but it's Santa Claus's coming to town has that very nice balance in that we 're getting answers, and then we 're also getting new things to imagine,
2: yeah, but that I mean the mythology in Rudolph mm-hmm. is a lot of fun too, plus you get a flying freaking lion <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I Pretty think great. I
3: like it 's just for the diversity like we we like we we keep talking about just like. Rudolph visits so many different worlds, and you know we get Santa, we get Ru- we get reindeer, we get snow monsters, we get toys. I don't know. It's just like it's it's very yeah. magical, like a winter wonderland, the kind of the definition. I feel of like that. Santa Claus is coming to town feels very like human. You know, I think it, it's the most like earthbound, maybe well frosty, but outside of frosty, like it, it just feels more like the real world and kind of like rooting these real world traditions and a pretty human story ultimately like it doesn't get too outlandish and like fantastical like rudolph Uh, and that's pretty cool
2: i think if we expanded upon the magic hat and frosty then that would be you know (laughs) maybe a little more mythological and kind of fun but where it stands it's just an old top hat (laughs) they found yep that makes them dance they, around.
1: They found, in quotes, <laughs> stole <laughs> from a, a, a person who owned it. Is part of this mythology also how in Rudolph and in Year Without a Santa Claus, that the Clauses call each other Mama and Papa like they were Mike and Karen Pence?
3: <laughs> Mama. I found that, found that Yeet, a little creepy. Papa. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, just for the record, my mom used to always say that to my dad. <laughs> She'd go, eat, Papa, eat. And he would get really like
3: disturbed by it and be like, please, please don't call me Papa. Mother. Um, I feel like another way of, of looking at this question, maybe for you guys, maybe this is a separate ranking, you tell me, is how Christmassy each of these things is. Do hmm. you think that's a separate question? Hmm.
1: No, I think this is the question. I mean, if we're talking, yeah, it's Christmas in
2: mythology. Yeah. Uh, that's, I feel like the two of them are kind of paired together.
3: So I'm first in the ranking. I'm I'm just going to go ahead. I think if that's the case, I think Year Without a Santa Claus, because it, it's less Christmassy in parts, you know, we've got the Mother Nature stretch, we've got the Southtown stuff. Mm Uh, I feel like it's just a little less Christmassy than the rest. I do love, oh man, I love the nature, I love the Miser Brothers and that addition to the mythology but I think, I don't know, for some reason, like, the everyman quality of Frosty kind of gives it the edge to me. Like, anyone can have a Frosty. Anyone can can make their own snowman out of Christmas snow. And I don't know, there's something really magical about that. Number two, I'm going to give it to Rudolph just because I love that diversity. I love all the different worlds it goes to. But number one, I can't deny just all the, all the traditions that are established in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's just iconic. Cam, copy and paste Man. <laughs> uh, Year with a Santa is four for me.
2: Uh, you know, Frosty is three. Rudolph is two. And Santa Man, it's just like that is Christmas mythology. <laughs> That's what that movie is literally about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I wondered if this was going to happen, and it did. I have this very same ranking as you two.
3: <laughs> Unanimous. <laughs> awesome. And now the moment of truth, you guys. We've gone through all these criteria, but... At the end of the day, do you feel like you guys have an overall ranking of these four? Yeah. Ha- has this conversation uh, swayed any of your <laughs> any of your rankings? A little bit, actually. I think. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, same. Starting from the bottom, number four is "You're Without a Santa Claus." It's Probably not a surprise. Even though I do love certain mm-hmm. elements of it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Third, I actually am going to say Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I did enjoy it a lot. Mm. It, it, for me, it might be a little too far removed from our current cultural world. Like, it's it's just sometimes mm. that can be fun when it feels like it's from another time and place. But there are, there are moments when I'm just like, I'm not enjoying this as much as some of the other specials that we're looking at. I do appreciate the humor. It's To me, it's definitely the funniest out of them all. And it's, it's just so weird. And I enjoy the fact that it exists and that it continues to be watched. Number two... Is tough, so (laughs) I I I may have said stuff like this on the podcast before, but I am more about the why than the how. And Santa Claus is coming coming to town gives us a lot of the how, and I actually think it's done very very cleverly and in a way that I enjoy rewatching. Having you know coming to it the first time, now I was like, oh, I want to watch that again right away because that was like I'm picking up on more stuff each time that I watch it, but. Frosty the snowman to me that it was the best at communicating the Christmas spirit in in a lot of ways, Santa Claus is coming to town is like here is here is Christmas how like this is how it is done like we're giving you the answers to these questions, so please you know believe because you you now know the answer. Frosty the snowman is telling you why you should believe it's telling you that when you imbue things with kindness and purpose and 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 grace you make that grow in the world and because you believe in it and because we believe in it together, that makes it real. These concepts of peace on earth and the Christmas spirit, they don't exist unless we all kind of will them into being. And so to me, that is why frosty is number one. That's
3: beautiful.
2: Love it. You might swear yeah, You're
3: making, you're making me second guess. My, my pick. <laughs> no, I'm not second guessing anything. I've, I think I've Let's got one. Go. And, this, and this 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 is only a little piece, because we still have all the other rankings right. we've done that could still outweigh what we feel at this very moment. So,
2: Okay, here's how I'm going to go. I appreciate the mythology, and I love mythology download, and I'd love to kind of know, again, as Eric said, sort of the hows and and hows that things have come about and, and why certain traditions have come about. But I don't know if I always need to know how the sausage <laughs> is made, and I don't... I don't. I don't know. I I love Winter Warlock, but I, I'm gonna have to go with Santa Claus is coming to town as four. Uh, and my number three, if not literally, just for the Miser Brothers songs. <laughs> my number three has to be here without a Santa Claus. I love a lot about it. I don't know why. Um, it's just I I don't know. It's that and the scene in the the kitchen with with, with the family is just so good. So that's gonna be my number three. Um, which brings us to Frosty and Rudolph god it's such a compelling case for both of them like these are the classics these are the ones that stuck with me these are the ones i watched when i was a kid these two songs have been with me for as long as i can remember uh i think my number two you know it, it is not a number two like the the lead and this is so good and he's so great and i love him i love him so much and i just want to give him a big cold ass <laughs> hug uh but my number two is going to be frosty the snowman it's just uh he's great and, and But Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, again, Rudolph himself may not be the most compelling character, but everybody that surrounds him is so much fun to watch. And uh, I just love kind of living in this sort of North Pole world for a movie. Um, It's a lot of fun to just kind of sit around there and and watch this story unfold in the North Pole, despite the fact that because of the song, we know exactly what's going to
3: happen. (laughs) And of course this is the hardest for me (laughs) but i think our conversation has has influenced my ultimate overall ranking and i think year without a santa claus it just it just doesn't have the oomph that the others do aside from like a couple you know banger villains and songs (laughs) and designs and stuff i think frosty is just a little too slight even though i I love the heart that it has i I think ultimately i still just want to live in that stop-motion universe with my top two and man this is really hard and i I love that quaintness in rudolph i love the aesthetic of rudolph i love the diversity of worlds that we go to in rudolph i feel like i'm so torn and i feel like i just want to tie all these movies and if it it would be great if we all had a different number one and then my, my heart really is in in that christmas canon of 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 santa claus it has so much going for it like it's just mythologically essential so Oh, oh, damn. That means it's a tie. The average overall ranking is number four, Year Without a Santa Claus. Number three, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And then tied for first, Rudolph and Frosty, which is fun. I I wonder what they
1: would do in July together, how that would go. (laughs) (laughs) They would
3: save a circus. (laughs) So those are all our criterias. we got to average out all our average rankings. So just to recap all the criteria we went through, is we judged these four specials by story, by aesthetic, by their title songs, by their overall soundtracks, by their individual protagonists, their narrators, their villains, their supporting casts, their Santa Clauses, and their mythological importance to Christmas. And then, of course, our overall rankings. And we're going back to the master list and averaging them all out to see what is the Overall, reigning king of the rankin Bass Specials. Ooh, it looks very close, you guys. Wow. Look how close it is. So let's go let's go in reverse order. You're without a Santa Claus. I think listeners could probably guess was our number four collectively. Fair. Number three, Frosty the Snowman. There was a lot of love for Frosty though, and I feel like we shouldn't uh we shouldn't discount how much love there was. Number two, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer which means number one, well, Santa Claus is coming to town. It couldn't get canceled enough <laughs> to not be number one. <laughs> yeah. Let's go sit on Santa's
1: lap. We all did it anyway, didn't we?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, at least at least the kiss part is not survived as part of the mythology.
3: You know what? I, uh, I was actually reading, like sometimes they cut that song. So there's like, there's a very good chance that like the version I grew up with didn't even have that song. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So,
2: they should definitely it cancel that. It sounds like it they out. cut
3: that and then that, the psychedelic Mrs. Jessica song for time. Oh, damn! So, and that's fine because both, you know, one one isn't really Christmas related, and then the other is <laughs> problematic AF.
1: But I'm glad they keep <laughs> Burgermeister Meisterburger burning the toys in. <laughs>
3: yes. <Yeah. laughs> so there we have it. The official. What were we watching? rank which actually is different from the internet's uh ranking ooh which had number 4 frosty number 3 santa claus is coming to town number 2 year without a santa claus number 1 Dana. rudolph the reindeer so some love for the miser brothers i could also
1: see some internet writers liking that santa in the way that you do cam
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no i just say i appreciate it as, as a character as a <laughs> As an entertainer, he's really funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> he he might not the be like the Santa app. Claus that I hope exists at the North Pole in real life, but as a character in a in a Hollywood production, he tickles my <laughs> funny bone.
1: <laughs> and I'm not surprised that Rudolph is number one.
3: It's just so classic. So there we have it. We we are different from the internet. This this whole rankathon was not <laughs> a waste of time. Thank heavens we're, we're different from the internet. <laughs> I would have been really disappointed if we just ended up with the same ranking. Yeah. We're just basic. <laughs> no, we did a th- They didn't do marathons.
1: They didn't do a thon of yeah. rankings these people. Yeah, they didn't That's thoroughly right. evaluate everything every of this. Much like the Christmas tree you got it's why you put Mm. ornaments on the back man you never know what angle you're gonna be looking at
3: you can't discount the
1: back and speaking of christmas trees and gifts that go under them we've uh we've gifted each other because it's our annual pitchmas gift exchange
3: merry pitchmas that's right the white elephant pitch exchange right
0: I'm in people remake me some pitches for
1: so what we did was take each of these or three of these specials, we're each building off a different one, and we gifted each other basically the two foils, the two the protagonist and the antagonist, we're just coming up with a name that we thought might be fun. Uh, fitting into the rank and bass universe no other characteristics just a name and we build our pitches around these heroes and villains as a follow-up or spin-off of one of the specials that we watch for this episode
3: this will probably make more sense as we get into the pitching right. but so like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer i don't believe anyone pitched for correct you guys don't have rudolph
1: no yeah. correct
3: that was our extra nice so someone pitched for frosty Who? who is that That was me. Nate's got Frosty. All right. So Nate got Frosty. That means Eric got Santa Claus Claus? is
1: coming to town.
3: And then I had year without a Santa Claus. With that said, we can each kind of introduce what we were given, and then we'll hear each other's pitches out. Since Frosty was the first after Rudolph, Nate, why don't you tell us what you were given?
2: Okay. Uh, I drew Frosty, and uh, Cam gave me my protagonist, and my protagonist was yuki the yule kitten uh and yule cats are part of like icelandic mythology uh christmas mythology and uh they're kind of malevolent uh animals that are in charge of making sure uh shepherds collect uh i believe like the fur is it called fur no cotton from like their sheep and stuff and, the wool. And to, to like yeah Well, there we go not cotton cotton goes <laughs> on plants um wool uh to collect the wool from their sheep uh in order to make sweaters and shit i oh guess my god <laughs> um uh and then uh my my antagonist was given to me by eric and the antagonist was the christmas creep mm. that's all i was given nice um so my pitch starts off with a little tease in a bar and so we're in this bar um just in the town that frosty took place in and professor hinkle the magician is drinking at a bar and he's getting a little tipsy 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 (laughs) and and he's sitting there talking he's like i'll tell you what santa himself gave me this hat and you know what it's barely even magic i've placed it on a million snowmen and not one of them not one of them has come to life i've been bamboozled how can I be a millionaire magician without any money, money, money? <laughs> um, and he's drinking this bar, and people are just listening, half listening to him. He takes his drink back to a, to a booth and slinks down. And a man walks by, comes to him at this booth, this man in this obnoxiously green and red Christmas sweater. He has a mustache, and he says, excuse me, um, professor, I couldn't help but overhear that you were talking about a, a snowman, a Mr. Snowman. And he says, yeah, frosty. And and he says, yeah, that's the one. The man smiles creepily. Uh, (laughs) Any chance you can introduce us? I'm I'm a big fan. (laughs) And Professor's like, I didn't catch your name. And he goes, oh, you can call me Cece. As in the Christmas creep, Um, and the Christmas creep is an obsessive, philanthropic, mistletoe-loving weirdo uh, who collects Christmas memorabilia um, for reasons that I cannot say on this podcast because they're just too foul. Um, uh, and, And he's specifically looking for Frosty's snowman hat because he wants to make inanimate objects come to life. So he sends out one of his minions. Uh, Yuki the Yule Kitten, who's a miniature young version of a Yule Cat of of Icelandic lore, raised as a sort of anti Santa to keep villagers in line, yada yada. She, of course, is the protagonist of our story. Uh, Without further ado, here's my pitch Yuki the Yule Cat was supposed to be real mean. She had sharp claws on her kitten paws, and her eyes were menacing. Yuki, the Yule Cat, came from Iceland Isle, they say. She was stolen by the Christmas creep to assist his evil ways. When the creep discovered that Frosty's hat was the real deal, he sent Yuki to take that hat so Christmas he could steal. Oh, Yuki, the Yule Cat, she went along with the creep's plan. She infiltrated Frosty's town and befriended that snowman. But Frosty, the snowman, was a jolly, happy soul. With his kind eyes and friendly voice, Yuki's heartstrings he started to pull. Then the creep berated Yuki, cause she hadn't stolen the hat. So he locked her up and robbed Frosty just like that. Yuki, the yule cat, knew the kids would all be sad. So she said, I'll run to help Frosty, my hun, and I'll stop being so bad. Yuki, say Frosty, And the creep was left aghast. Yuki said, "Mr. Creep, Frosty is in is the sheet. It's time to put your creepiness in the past. Oh, Biden beat Trump, Trump, Biden beat Trump, Trump, <laughs> Yuki is so nice. Biden beat Trump, Trump, Biden beat Trump, Trump. She returns to the land of ice. <laughs>
3: oh my
1: Holy god
3: finances. oh my god
1: that is the greatest pitch <laughs> that ever has been and ever will be
3: ranked number one yes <laughs> amazing thank you thank you wow i'm moved uh that was that was moving i'm i'm so man that was like a redemption story perfect i feel so touched
1: you can make Get that right now that could actually Beautiful. earn you some money
3: Incredible. Incredible. I love it. Thanks guys. (laughs)
1: Terrific. We're smiling so wide right now. You want to hear my bullshit?
3: Yes. Let's
2: do it. I can't, I cannot wait. (laughs) All right.
1: So the basis for my pitch was Santa Claus is coming to town. Nate gave me my hero of the story and the name he gave me was Robert Frost. (laughs) The American poet. (laughs) I got a villain from Cam, and the name he gave me was Princess Prune the Sour Plum Fairy. (laughs) So we've got the same narrator from the original, uh, S.D. Kluger, and he's introducing a story about the time that Santa Claus brought joy to the children of Sombertown and what happened after, explaining that among the children who were the first to experience St. Nick's holiday spirit, was the hero of this story robert frost he grew up knowing the joy of santa bringing toys to this miserable place now a young man robert is now as an aspiring poet whose work is tinged with the bleakness of his early upbringing and that isn't finding much success in the new christmas happy world Uh, meanwhile princess prune the sour plum fairy grows tired of santa's reindeer grazing on her pickled vegetable crops And she plots to get back at him by agitating children around the world. She launches an elaborate campaign that's anti-sweets, anti-joy, anti-fun, anti-Christmas. And she's doing a good job of convincing parents all around the world that they must raise their kids to eat Brussels sprouts and stay off trampolines in order to grow into healthy adults. (laughs) The children of the world revolt, understandably. Their acting out causes the naughty list to grow to record-breaking length, unmanageable proportions, and a dejected Santa Claus begins to question his efficacy, his purpose even, in this world full of naughty children who don't deserve presents. Robert Frost is shocked when his own young nieces and nephews transform into disobedient little shits overnight, (laughs) their behavior making Sombertown miserable again. He takes it upon himself to fix things, eventually making an alliance with the Winter Warlock, as well as the warlock's newfound frenemy, the Pyro Priest. Through the power of rhyme and song, they help children learn to better manage their emotions when things don't go their way. I'm even stealing, I guess, from the misers. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to, I just want a fun song for the Winter Warlock and his new buddy. Still, this isn't enough to address the larger problem in the world being caused by the... the Princess Prune. Um, So Robert Frost realizes that he has to write a poem so popular and so persuasive. It'll get kids everywhere to reinvest their faith in Santa's moral judgment hurt by the personal taunts of Princess Prune. Robert decides to beat her at her own game and pens his magnum opus, which turns out to be the lyrics to Santa Claus is coming to town. It works perfectly inspiring mild paranoia in children and the desire to please Santa but in a way that entices them with promises of fun and sweetness and presence. The carrot wins out over the stick. Nobody wants to hear the negativity of princess prune anymore. And so she stops trying to mess with Christmas and takes a job as a literary critic. Santa thanks Robert Frost for making kids love slash fear him again and promises to bring him a Pulitzer prize or four in the coming years. S.D. Kluger wraps it up by delivering Robert's very first acceptance letter from a poetry magazine as Santa unfurls an ever-growing nice list and laughs with delight. Uh, The end. And uh, my title for this is Santa Claus is Coming to Number Two Town (laughs) (laughs) with the tagline, he's checking it twice. (laughs) <laughs> and then, right. uh, poster now. I went a little further I have more song and casting information for you guys mm, Please, um, yes. I see the songs like the musical kind of taking the form of uh, songs inspired by the poems of Robert Frost so Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening obviously is our scene setting <laughs> song. Nothing Gold Can Stay would be Princess Prune's song about how much she just wants people to be <laughs> yes. as miserable as she is uh-huh. Uh, and that nothing good truly lasts forever Well, actually in song form because they always ferment yes
3: <laughs> <laughs> and dry out
1: <laughs> and then fire and ice it would be the winter warlock and pyro priest song about, awesome. yes. about your emotions and how you need to you know balance them you can't have too much fire, you can't have too much ice the road not taken is Robert Frost accepting his destiny as the savior of Christmas having to get the job done kind of abandoning his more literary pretensions for now and try and do this other thing that he's not as, maybe not as comfortable with at first. And of course it will end with Santa Claus is coming to town, which as we all know was written by Robert Frost. Do not check me on that. Do not Google that.
3: <laughs> do not check twice.
1: Yes. Do not check that <laughs> even once. And so for the voice cast, uh SD, this this is, I'm, I'm imagining this is like being made today. This is a modern yeah. sequel. Um So SD Kluger will be played by John Legend and, Robert Frost, played by Stanley Tucci. (laughs) Princess (laughs) Prune would be Megan Mullally. The Winter Warlock and the Pyro Priest would be uh, Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key playing off each other. Yes. Jessica Claus, uh, Susan Sarandon. And Santa Claus would be none other than William Shatner.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's good. I want Shatner's
1: just insecurity and also his glee at finding out that yes, the kids fear me again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: has he amazing. ever been Santa Claus? I feel like that should be a thing.
1: <laughs> I sure hope he has been. Maybe one of our Reopening the Wormhole friends can write it and tell us if Shatner any, has any Christmas connections.
3: <laughs> oh man, I should not be following you guys. These are such strong pitches. <laughs> All right, so my film was The Year Without a Santa Claus. I was given a good character by Eric and that character was Major Mark the friendliest mountie as in the canadian police force (laughs) amazing and then the evil character i was given was a real life character grilla the icelandic giantess kind of on the evil side in icelandic christmas lore Uh, she's a giantess who would eat naughty children uh, and she also had 13 yule lads her children were the 13 yule yule lads who just caused a bunch of trouble they have names like Spoon Licker and Door Slammer.
1: Ooh, I'll have what Scandinavia is having.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and her husband is like uh, Lepaludi, I think. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these names right. but uh, And he's apparently just lazy and kind of stays in the cave. So with that said, I really wanted to kind of carry forward the story of the of the Miser brothers, obviously. Heck yeah. But, you know, honoring, honoring Mrs. Claus is kind of the, the protag of, of that film. And perhaps like Year Without a Santa Claus, my protagonist kind of gets lost. I don't know if it has one specific (laughs) protagonist, but here's my pitch. So Heat Miser and Snow Miser are bickering over territory again, resulting in the fluctuating temperatures around the world. Due to their carelessness, they've thawed the evil giantess Grilla from her slumber deep underground in the mountains of Iceland. She surfaces to learn that Iceland is no longer icy enough for her tastes, so she decides to relocate, but her husband Leppaludi is too lazy to uproot. Fed up with him, she announces a divorce and takes their thirteen children, the Yule Lads, to set sail for somewhere colder. Grilla se- settles in a snowy pocket of northern Canada as her Yule lads begin to sow chaos and mischief in a small town nearby. Assigned to police the the usually sleepy town is Major Mark, the friendliest Mountie. In fact, his friendliness makes him a misfit, mocked by other Mounties, as he's often too nice and forgiving to be an effective policeman. This is why he was stationed in such a sleepy town, and why he's in over his head when the Yule lads invade. Major Mark writes a letter to Santa asking for help, but Santa's busy dealing with some fantastical, you know, mythical adventure somewhere off. So Mrs. Claus reads the letter and sends Jingle and Jangle with the reindeer Cupid this time to investigate. Meanwhile, the Miser brothers get wind that Grilla, their old flame, is newly single again. (laughs) So we get them trying to court her separately with seductive renditions of their classic song as, as she continually rejects them. Elsewhere, Jingle and Jangle get separated from Cupid during an attack by the Yule Lads. Major Mark finds and befriends the lost reindeer, until they are both captured and imprisoned in Greela's cave jingle and jangle contact mrs claus for help she deduces that it must be the yule lads and that her age-old nemesis Greela is back she travels to canada to confront the witch but the yule lads intervene to prevent her from entering the cave it looks like all is lost until major mark from inside the cage is able to appeal to Greela's better nature truly believing that there is good in her just as there is in everyone Greela is touched and instantly falls in love with major mark as she sets him free and promises to call the lads off and to leave the town alone. The two of them end up together, a happy couple in love. Jingle and Jangle are left wondering how such a couple would ever get together, and with a wink from Mrs. Claus, it's implied that Cupid the reindeer was responsible, with powers to make people fall in love, much like her namesake, Cupid. And that's why this special is named after the true protagonist, Cupid the matchmaker reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have songs at least two songs i mean aside from the the snow miser heat miser you know dance of seduction (laughs) we have major marks two songs first you'll make your mark major mark and then by the end you've made your mark major mark
2: (laughs) (laughs) no ground control to major mark
1: (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) that's cute i love it love it could also be a valentine's day perennial in addition to christmas
3: yeah maybe it happens
1: on valentine's day like in the most romantic place in the world northern (laughs) canada (laughs) so if any hollywood executives are listening they can uh they can pay us back in peace on earth and goodwill toward men we're being generous this holiday season
3: or silver and gold
1: (laughs) (laughs) or peppermint that's the most precious resource of all (laughs) all right guys well we have a lot to thank Rankin and bass for as well as the japanese studios that animated these creations (laughs) wonderful wonderful to revisit with both of you guys and in my case experience them for the first time so thank you nate tap for being our holiday mainstay once
3: again It's so good to be here. Should we answer the question, what were we watching? Like, what do these four things mean to you guys together? They're all of a piece.
0: What were we watching?
3: For me, what I was watching was Christmas canon. Like, secular Christmas canon. Like, these are kind of a book of Genesis for, you know, the classic secular christmas characters santa rudolph frosty mrs claus it's it's all here this is kind of like loosely what i think of when i kind of imagine the mythology of christmas i want to return to it. i want to live in it i want to live among the (laughs) living
1: toys (laughs) uh what i was watching was christmas kitsch in in the best way possible i think there's a lot to be said about the way that these specials take ideas of Christmas make them and dress them up in ways that are entertaining and appealing and try to bring some sentiment sentimentality to it but at the same time just striving to make kids smile and laugh and if that's not what Christmas does then I don't want to live anymore (laughs) (laughs) you get the point
2: (laughs) I was watching Christmas magic Animated for generations to come, man. Uh, these films are from 50 years ago, and they're still as prevalent as they prevalent today as they were then. Christmas magic for everybody,
1: indeed. And it's always magical, Nate, when you join us around the holidays. So here's here's maybe the the part where we book you again a year in advance to make sure you clear <laughs> your calendar.
2: I love it. December is clear, guys. Always for you. <laughs>
1: uh but thank you thank you so much for joining us
2: guys it was a pleasure i love i love talking christmas i love the holidays and i love hanging out with you guys that's the best gift of them all oh truly a christmas blessing (laughs) uh
1: anything you want to plug nate
2: i would like to plug um (laughs) peace on earth and goodwill towards men that's it not enough is said
1: about those things (laughs) need a lot of they need a lot they need a signal boost yeah you, you've said
2: it moments ago but we're saying it again <laughs>
1: it's it it's it remains as true as ever it's what we need i hope uh peace on earth has a twitter account if not it should our twitter account <laughs> yeah. is w at w4 podcast we search what we're we watching on all social media you'll find us also you'll find our website what we're and our band camp site which have all of our older episodes for you to listen to, like the last two Christmas episodes that Mr. Nate Tapp joined us for, in addition to the Return to Oz episode he just joined us for two months ago. And also, uh, if you've got thoughts about Rankin-Bass, if you've got your own rankings you want to share with us, uh, if you want to contest ours, or you want to agree with us, drop us a line, what were we watching at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and read your email in a future episode. Speaking we have an of email. which, it's yes. a <laughs> so, shocker. We have an email and it's from our friend Nate Tapp. Wow. <laughs> Haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. And the subject of his email is a scream ale. The best kind of mail. <laughs> yeah. And Nate writes, fellas, thanks for reminding me that Scream 2 kicks all sorts of ass." Timothy Oliphant keeps, keeps popping
2: up, up in my over life and over and, and over, man-do-anyone, Mando and I am adoring it. I've come to you today to mention two sequels that I feel are worthy to be included in your criteria. The first would be 22 Jump Street, the movie sequel that had no reason to be as good as it was that followed a movie that had no reason to be as good as it was, worthy of better than the original status for the Schmidt-fucked-the-captain's-daughter scene alone. The other would be the Daft Punk music video, Tron Legacy. Listen, I enjoy Tron. In fact, one time Cam and I got our 8th grade math class to chant, Tron, 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 Tron. Tron. <laughs> when our much maligned math teacher announced we would be watching a movie. It's true. But I adore some Tron Legacy. The visuals and music are just at another level and totally make up for the derpy outside of Tron plot. That score is otherworldly good and finds itself blasting out of my speakers loud and often. Anyway, that's what I've got for you. Though I'd go to bunt for Toy Story 2 over Toy Story, but let's save that for a cast. With love, Nate. P.S. You know in movies when the protagonist reads a letter from a friend, and the friend, friend, the the writer writer of said said letter, letter? his his voice voice slowly slowly fades
1: fades in while the protagonist reads it? I love that trope. It'd be awesome if you could incorporate that into the cast. Just a suggestion. Shrug emoji. <laughs> uh,
3: well, thank you, Nate, for staying and, and listening to this email from our listener. You know, we, we appreciate your patience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Scrape two kicks all sorts of ass. Obviously, it's my stance. <laughs> uh, Twenty three Jump Street agreed is good. I, I don't like it as much as the first. I wouldn't say it's a better sequel, but it's a worthy sequel for sure. Tron Legacy, I'm also in your corner. I don't think Eric's going to be with us on this. But I, I like right. Legacy a little more than the first. Because <laughs> I don't really have much love for the first. Like, I didn't really grow up with it. I saw it later in life. It's kind of like the
2: whole Blade Runner thing for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, But, I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is an infinitely better well, it's movie a, It's than actually Trump a legacy. good film, Nate. That's what you're saying.
1: <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I to talk about just touch on the jump street movies I need to watch those again cuz I only remember bits and pieces of 21 jump street and I remember almost nothing about the sequel which is kind of surprising cuz I liked I enjoy I remember enjoying both of them but I don't know didn't stick <laughs> Tron Legacy I mean I think you're right it's got great music and it looks pretty cool for the most part That's what I'm saying <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's all Well I think I think I think what you're saying is tron
1: tron tron, <laughs> tron. see that's tron. that's the part i want to hear about what the hell was that
3: <laughs> i think so i think i think what put it on my radar was family guy at the time um there's like a tron joke in family guy or something also the simpsons made the tron joke all i, all I remember is that this teacher <laughs> it's like a rite of passage
1: um, making she, the tron joke
3: but but uh yeah she hated us she hated all of us like
1: not nice she
2: wasn't a she
3: just wasn't a great teacher she was very
2: cold and bitter towards us and i just remember this one day she was like we're gonna watch a movie and like that itself was surprising coming out of her mouth that we were gonna watch a movie today and for some reason family guy maybe cam and i just started leading this chant that the movie was going to be tron we're just like tron i think the logic
3: tron. the logic was like it has grids it's math yeah, you know? yeah we were
2: we were pounding our desk and the entire class started chanting tron,
3: tron. You, it should tron. also be noted that like the class like regularly got a kick out of like getting a rise out of her because mm-hmm. she hated everyone so much mm-hmm. it, like yes. f- it was like a it was like an Ouroboros. like it yeah. just fed
1: an antagonistic relationship
3: yeah yes <laughs> yes, yes. And so we were like, "What? Uh, like, how could we annoy her today?" And it was, it was just Tron. Let's just cause a scene about Tron. <laughs> and I just sort of, like, I feel
2: like exasperated. She was just like, "We're not watching Tron." <laughs> yeah. I believe we ended up watching, uh, like, Donald Duck in like Mathland. Or... <laughs> Do you remember this? It was like something like that. Was it like the sing along songs or something? It's oh I found it. It's Donald Duck and Math yeah, Magic. Land. I just started
1: oh. typing Donald Duck in Mathland because I wanted that to be it. And it, it almost is.
2: <laughs> one one piece away.
1: It's magic because math is magic.
2: <laughs> Anyways, we did not watch Trump.
1: By the way, the people the 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 um people also ask for this google search is pretty great because it includes the question is donald duck in the military
3: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure he's in some propaganda films
1: (laughs) what military rank is donald duck (laughs) who owns donald duck (laughs) the military obviously (laughs) well what a great i feel like every time you're on nate you have another wonderful story from your school days whether whether you're here in person or you're emailing us about the godzilla folder or your attempt oh, yes. to uh write an essay about hamlet based on the lion king
2: <laughs> just uh just, all i'm gonna say is just invite me back for austin powers uh the spy who shagged that's me. exactly what i was about <laughs> to say oh my
1: god that's the world's greatest tease the greatest gift of all. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna
2: say that's all i'm gonna say <laughs>
1: what a wonderful gift oh my
3: god it's christmas after i don't all. know what to prioritize now dragon world or spy who shagged me <laughs> dragon world
1: i guess it's not gonna be tron
2: <laughs> i just maybe i have very limited memories of tron i feel like uh, part
3: of it was like it was almost like early ironic hipster like we don't know what this movie is right. let's just yeah. chant tron yeah. because we it's don't even know what it's to it is yeah that's for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, has Jeff Bridges ever played Santa Claus? Because that should be prioritized. Like, we need that to happen.
2: I want not be surprised if his dad played
1: Santa. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges has played Santa Claus. Ah, uh-huh, see? Knew it. In, in, a, in the 1991 television movie In the Nick of Time. Haha.
3: <laughs> Jeff Bridges can voice my Santa Claus in the pitch that I gave.
1: Good. I approve. <laughs> so say we all.
2: Uh, and yeah. Aubrey Plaza is playing Yuki, the the Yule kitten. Oh, uh,
3: perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, guys, have we exhausted our reserves of holiday cheer?
3: Never, never. <laughs> oh
1: well, I guess I'm
3: different. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: time to say goodbye. <laughs> but
3: what a misfit!
1: We hope this episode has made your day merry and bright, and uh, we wish you a happy holiday and we wish a merry christmas to all those who celebrate and of course
3: happy birthday <laughs> bassy ranksmith
1: yes happy Ranksmas <laughs> with the rankathon hopefully we'll get to do something like this again in the future i think we will props to you cam for devising this framework in your mad laboratory once again
3: I have either delighted you all or tested all your patience. So <laughs> thank you either way. I was, I was delighted.
1: And we remain delighted by you, Nate. So thanks again for coming on.
3: Thanks
2: for having me. And and I'll see you next Christmas.
1: And thanks again for listening to our Rankathon. So for the wonderful, jolly old Nate Tapp, Cam Seamer, I'm Eric Ambler. Thanks for listening. So what were we watching? And until next Christmas. Let's
2: go, Donner.
0: Let's go. vixen Oh well, wow! I still have a little-
1: This Harrison for this reminding of the Call of the Wild sort of a Christmas movie. There's a snow in it. Uh, there's a dog.